0: Hello and welcome to episode 100 and...
1: Help me out here, Jason.
0: 90 what? You stole my job. I'm not helping you with anything. Fine. I'm going to... This is episode 191 of the oh, Random Town Podcast. I was going to guess 190. You were off by one. That was last episode. But this episode is 191. We're calling it the ultimate episode. I know. Because we're talking about Smash Bros.
1: This is how much I like doing this. I am recording this instead of playing Smash Bros. right now.
0: Well, well, listen. You, you've been playing All this it is and... playing Smash Bros. Yeah, you're, right you're going to hear the sweet melodic... Clicks of game controllers smashing vigorously because, oh, this is right on the other side of the couch from our microphones, smashing away for hours at a time. It's glorious. It's it's for glory. Well, actually, that's nothing anymore, so it's really not. It's not. But yeah. Yeah, you, listen, you've been playing Smash a ton, and I'm sure you have many, many things to about, to say about it. And I've been playing it a decent amount, although ironically, the reason that this episode is late for those who keep score at home is because uh, while most people were calling in quote-unquote sick in order to play Smash Bros., I was actually legitimately too sick to play Smash Bros. And that domino effect then caused us to record a few days late. Uh, but here we are. We've got Smash. We have a lot to say about We have a lot more than just Smash to talk about, too. Um, the same night that Smash hit was also the Game Awards, so we have thoughts on the show and all its news. Plus, there's a kind of funny game showcase on Saturday, so we're going to have some indie news from there. Plus, plus, if you stay tuned to the very end of the show... We have our uh, $50 eShop gift card giveaway winner, and we're going to tie up what some of the Fires you guys are most excited to play as are. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's stuff in between we're going to cover. So, as always, there are timestamps on the blog post over at the YouTube video if you're watching there for any specific event or game or thing or just Smash Bros that we'll hear about in this episode. But to start things off, let's actually flip the format. Uh, notice I just commandeered the, the, the intro back from you you started i just started, i like, did not I even just casually grabbed it and took it and ran with it but yeah we're um we're flipping.
1: I, did we even do the i'm jason and i'm angel
0: i don't know but i'm jason and he's angel
1: yeah because i know i started with the hello and welcome
0: and then i, just I think I just, yeah and well you know. anyway now you know who we are um and if you tuned in and didn't know who we are i'm I, I have no thoughts uh <laughs> but yeah but the, the, for those who do know us already and know what we do though we are flipping things because smash is so big and so important that we're gonna start with what we've been what we've been playing which is, of course, Smash. What? And uh, Angel, you're our resident Whoa. Smashaholic. So, how is Ultimate treating you so far? Um, he's at a loss of words. He's so enamored with it.
1: Pretty good. I mean, overall, pretty good. It's just good to have a new Smash for this game. It's good to, you know, rediscover new people to fight against, new characters, new stages. Well, not that many new stages new music like that's all well and great um it definitely feels like those few days like it it, it feels just as great when for compared to other smash releases like mm-hmm. like during that honeymoon period mm-hmm. i will say though that i guess more so in this game than other games um yeah like i feel like all sudden
0: definitely after a few matches we were like huh
1: we need more characters
0: there's 73. What do you mean you need, or do you mean they're not unlocking fast enough? No, I mean like there just isn't enough variety. There's 70. <laughs> no, I know. There's I know. more than any no, other no, no. Fighting I know. I know, I know.
1: Let, let, let me rephrase. Well, explain. Like, Never mind. rephrase. Like I mean, okay. dive deeper. All right. <laughs> all right. So actually I take back the word variety. Like there is variety, but I mean, it's just not fresh. And it's not as fresh anymore hmm. because while well, this game, and I will definitely say it's, a lot of the core mechanics are significantly different than Smash 4 that is very much like a brand new game. But people that still played a lot of Smash 4 are still going to be way like ahead of the game compared to other
0: people. So it's not the hard reset and, you thought it could be with other fighting games. No, yeah,
1: it's not as hard. I mean, it's as much of a reset as Brawl was to Smash 4, which they did do a couple of good changes. But this one, I feel like it's a little bit more. But the problem with that, but what ended up not getting as hard of a reset compared to the mechanics for the movesets some people got some minor tweaks but overall every character from Smash 4 pretty much plays identical and that's already fit- Mario has Cappy so every character from Smash 4 pretty much plays identical <laughs> and that's like 56 characters sure and that we've been pretty much playing inside and out for the last 3-4 years sure so 56 of those characters are pretty much like familiar yeah familiar nothing new like alright we did this already and then the ones returning from Melee and Brawl, they also are not that different. Like they're they're kinda interesting like when they pop up and it's fun to see them, but the only real new ones are those new characters, King K Rool, Ridley, Inclusabelle, Isabel. And I think that's like eleven. So it's really only like eleven new people. So it's
0: just- I mean there, there's a lot of there's a lot of if conditions to get to that sentence, but I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just like if you've been playing every game up until this point, I don't know, it, it's still...
0: Well, this is kind of the thing I fear. Because it's,
1: like, it's not like all of a sudden I'm going to be like, whoa, I love playing as Mario now. If I didn't like playing as Mario then, then I'm not going to like playing as Mario now. So that... Yeah. So it's like for me personally, like a lot of the character's thoughts are pretty much like, there's nothing that much new to discover.
0: This is sort of thing I kind of feared when they first announced Ultimate. Because frankly, what Ultimate is, is the deluxe edition. What
1: Sakurai said he exactly did not want to do.
0: It's the deluxe edition of a Smash Bros. It is the Mario Kart 8 deluxe of Smash Bros. They just went a little above and beyond what even Deluxe offered. It's the Hyrule Warriors Legends of Smash Bros. It's the, I can do a million analogies, comparisons, yeah, because just, they, all, they all have gone through this. But it feels just, more than that, but... But yeah, but that's yeah. because Smash Bros. Array is so much more. Like, the bar of what is, like, a base level of Smash Bros. is so high that adding, like, percentage-wise, is probably about as much new content as you would get in yeah. something like that. But, so what happened was when they announced it, that was kind of my concern in the back of my mind. And now, to be honest, I haven't had this same feeling yet because I'm not as deep in the Smash Bros. like competitive scene or as deep in. The... I play more casually, so this is I like, don't mind this is like the Pokemon... having the rehash. The, but
1: to me, this is like the Pokemon Sun to Pokemon X and Y.
0: Oh, interesting. So not so much a, a expanded, but almost more like a, a soft reboot that because... changes things, but not necessarily yeah, in, both more, Pokemon, in like deeper the... ways.
1: Because both Pokemon games, like. Yeah, they're both core Pokemon games. The story is different, but the battle mechanics are the same. There's some new Pokemon. Yeah, and they just added like one or two new mechanics, like the Alolan forms and some new mega evolutions. And
0: is it pointing out that literally the entire structure of Sun and Moon is completely different than X and Y? No. <laughs> yeah,
1: but no, but even but then, I guess you could say that's it, what world it's, of it's, light. Is yeah, like it's not yeah. even that much different. I mean, like the the Kahuna battles are just reskin like gyms, gym yeah. battles, and yeah. those trials. Like, I mean, they're just. Simple Pokemon battles you just do before. Yeah, if, it, if, anything, they just, if anything they scaled just if anything they yeah they scaled it down. Yeah. It's not like they yeah. yeah.
0: But so you might so yeah. What, what I was trying to say is like so when they announced it in February or whatever, and then we played at E three, I did kind of have the feeling of like oh this is basically Smash Four plus or Smash Four point five, and I feel Smash like 4, every two point and I think yeah, and I Smash think Four like, two, Smash Four two, so Smash Six if you do the math. But I think <laughs> I think a lot of people kind of had that mindset, and then Smash the hype, Four Ultimate. It's almost like the name makes sense now, but that, no. But I think like the hype got the best of a lot of us because we knew from the start we all had this thought: this is Smash Four Plus. Like even in interviews at E3, Nintendo, Nintendo was asked questions like, "So this is basically like a souped-up Smash?" Like, "No, no, no, it's an entirely new game." And there's that whole conversation about like, "Well, what is it?" But I guess what you're experiencing, which again I haven't actually I haven't played as much because I was sick. I'll be fair, but from what I've experienced, I haven't had this. But from what you're saying, from your deeper experience you've had, it sounds like this really is kind of the Smash Six, the Smash Two. Smash 4 2.0 that originally everyone was like, oh, that's what it's going to be, but then the hype got carried away to be something that's not. Yeah, it's kind of what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a little more than that, but in a nutshell, kind of, yeah. Because, I mean, like those, what I was mainly like referring to, like as the not that you probably just discovering new characters, right? Like just having more stuff to play with. I will say, though, but I mean, those few new characters, like, I mean, I'm really liking Ridley, even though he's kind of hard like to like wrap your head around i yeah i I did not
0: i tried him a little i don't have it in my copy yet but i tried him at um at e3 at comic-con at the game awards um yeah he i'm I'm good with isabel i'm really good i was destroying nintendo reps with isabel wow yeah i don't have her on my own game yet but i was destroying her at the it's actually kind of cool at the game awards so they had um actually first before i get to that that is my nitpick I have so far. Like Maybe my, my biggest pet peeve of Ultimate... Actually, no, there, there's two. The first pet peeve is I wish the spirits would list what game they're from. Yeah. Like, I don't want the spirit of Mappa to pop up and have to look up, oh, right, he's from the Japan-only GameCube release, Gifbia. I should just be told that. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, I recognize him because I've seen the art. I have the art saved on an old PC of mine, but, like... I want to know where you're from. Why don't you tell me that? But the the bigger pet peeve of mine is I kind of wish all the characters were just available from the start, at least in Smash mode, like for multiplayer. I get why you need to unlock them in World of Light and in Classic. There's progression there. But for the sake of, like, just getting in and playing, I mean, if you're spending eight months telling us every single character and every single secret, for multiplayer purposes, just throw them in there. Like, well, I really liked it. So at the Game Awards, they had it playable, it was actually kind of funny, at the Game Awards in didn't have, but they had an after party of the Game Awards, it was hosted by YouTube Gaming, they took over Exchange LA which is a big venue here in LA, and Nintendo brought along demo units of Smash, they had 4 or 5 demo units set up downstairs and the party was upstairs, and I was there for like, I don't know, 45 minutes or so and they had the entire, it was the final build of the game, they had the entire roster there I missed him, but Bill Tran was there playing a bit with people and stuff, and It was just like, oh, cool, here's everything new in Smash at once. I could just jump in and do multiplayer and try Ridley and try Inkling and try Isabelle. And then I went home and like, oh, now I can't use the character I just discovered I'm pretty good with until I figure out whatever weird way it is to unlock In this day and age, it doesn't
1: doesn't make sense to do that anymore. Like Capcom figured that out a while ago. The last time you had to unlock characters was in the original build of Street Fighter Four. But ever since Arcade Edition, they just let you play as anybody. They just released it. And in this, like, I mean, I was really hoping they had unlocked them, too, but, like, nope. And what makes it even dumber, or, okay, maybe not dumber, but what makes it even more, like, really, like, you should, at this point, just give them to us. is At least past- for multiplayer. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. if you're going to be giving us, like, a 10-minute cooldown, like, oh, you can unlock them even faster. Like, they made it an effort to give you more ways to unlock them and to unlock them at an even faster rate than before. So why not just unlock them? <laughs> yeah, because before, it was like, every five matches, you would unlock a character. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, every 10 minutes and even... Like, no, just, just give them to us. Or at least, like, in, give us, like, a secret code that... It's, like, some weird button combo that I know... Is, like, Do some... the Konami code. They're
0: tied into the game now.
1: Like, I know... There actually might be a code in existence. I know... um And I know this because I want to say in Brawl or Smash 4, there was, like, a brand new Wii, and then there was, like a, like, a Nintendo rep that he just, like, went up and just, like, unlocked all the characters. Right. But he... Did not want to tell that code to anybody because it's like, well, it we, was is for the build. Yeah, yeah. they like, yeah we need it for like demonstration purposes. So when you have all the characters available, yeah, it it's is like, the debug menu is what yeah. the was? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: so I'm like, just, just give that to us yeah. Like, before,
1: yeah, like back in the day, like when you didn't have, you know, access to internet and stuff like, yet, to... or you
0: didn't have eight months and Nintendo themselves revealing every character.
1: Yeah, or I guess when games, I guess were harder to make so they had to extend the life by unlocking the characters and keeping you like right and we still
0: get the feeling of like new character surprises with the DLC so
1: yeah I mean well we get we get them with the video so yeah it just I mean we we got the surprise so I
0: will say speaking of the YouTube gaming party though shout out to YouTube gaming because that thing was crazy like we'll get back to Smash in a sec but so I went to the Game Awards and I went to the app party and the app it was like so first of all they had like legit actual big-name DJs. They had Maddie on there. He's a huge French DJ. He, ironically, on Smash Bros. La- launch night, he's the guy who does the intro music for PlayStation All-Stars. The uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that that one song. Yeah, that's him. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. Yep, from the intro. But that's him. Um, so he DJed for like over an hour. They had two other DJs. They had a totally open bar. And then they had, this is kind of cool, they had these swag bags they gave everyone. It was a YouTube Gaming tote bag, and inside of it were tons of branded stuff. I got a hoodie... A metal water bottle, like one of those fancy swell bottles. Um, metallic embossed YouTube gaming coasters, socks, a beanie, a scarf. Like it was, it was heavy. This thing, I and it if was all. all of that. I will probably wear the. To be honest, I gotta pay YouTube back, so I'm gonna probably wear the YouTube gaming hoodie next time we do a live stream on YouTube. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just like, wow, this is this feels like an award show after It It's really cool. But then they also had Smash Bros, which was great. But yeah, I mean, because I went through the rough and tumble regular fights on thursday night at the party for smash i decided that when i finally was able to crack open my copy after being sick the first couple of days i went straight to world of light because i wanted to see okay i know what the battles are like i've done that at multiple events i did that for a while with the nintendo reps i'm sure you have many thoughts on different modes which we'll get to in a sec but i i thought i'd try the supposed the new the to your sun and moon analogy the new structure for the progression if you will so um I think it does some stuff well and some stuff less well. Um, the thing I was most excited for with this mode was probably the fan service it come with. And, the you know, that includes, like, the cutscenes, the individual scenarios of each fight, and which other Nintendo characters they represent, you know, all that sort of stuff. Because, you know, they have the spirits that are represented by in-game playable characters and all that. And, uh, first of all, this thing is very light on story, no pun intended. It is, like... Oh, hey, there's this dude, Galeem, Who is he? Who knows? But he captured all the spirits. Uh, you got to go fight them as puppets. Galeem. Galeem. Wait, or the gleam? Or gleam. It's G- it's G-A-L-E-E-M, so I called it Galeem, but it's probably gl- gl- gleam. 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 But, but what about the A? Is that silent? I, that's the thing. It's not voice I'm not, acted. I'm not messing. I no, so I know, but I'm saying that's the thing. It's not voice because acted, you know, so gleam, I don't know. Because you know a gleam of light? That would make sense. Mm. But why is it spelled Galen? I don't have to be weird. Maybe. Either see, the fact that we don't even know how to pronounce his name is part of the problem. If he's the main villain and no one knows how to say his name. But anyway, um, yeah, go he he makes everyone a puppet, you go get him back. Okay, whatever. That's the story. That's literally the only cutscene I've seen so far. So let's see what the fights have to offer. Because maybe that's where the fan service is. And somehow I'm both kind of impressed and simultaneously overwhelmed. Um like when they work, they work. There's one representing charging Chuck of Mario World, you know the football player. Uh, it's a bunch of Warios and all they do is dash attacks into you, which I thought was kind of clever. Like, that actually matches up pretty well. There's also another one where it's representing one of the skittish beetles from Pikmin. And it's a squirtle, gold plated, that tries to avoid you and you have to kill him within however many seconds, which I thought was kind of a clever way to tying into Pikmin. But then there's some that are just like arbitrary. I don't know. Like, they don't feel as clever. Maybe I'm just not. Like, which one? I There's just ones where it's like, oh, here's a giant DDD and he represents whatever. It's like, okay. Or here's a, you know, this is a this is a metal Mario, and he'll turn metal every thirty seconds, but then he'll turn unmetal. It's just like okay, or right, like things I like that. The... Uh, like I don't remember the the spirits are tied yeah. to, but some are some are more arbitrary. And may, maybe I'm just not as big of a Nintendo fan as I think, and didn't get the that, references. That's, that's my bad. But
1: because <laughs> I want to see that they poured their heart and soul into these little touches.
0: No, because here's the thing, though. It's like they did clearly pour their, pour their heart and soul into a lot of this because, like, some of the winks and nods on the map itself got more of a, oh, look at that fan service reaction for me than, like, the actual battles, which I thought was kind of funny. But and, and it's not to say even the battles that aren't as thematically on point, they're not bad. They still offer some really fun variety. I do like how the battle conditions can vary so greatly, um, both in terms of opponent's skills and abilities. You know, there's things like they'll change size, they'll change speed, attack special abilities, whether or not they're metal, whether the floor is sticky or not. Uh, there's stuff that will change mid-match. So you're actually fighting someone, and then the screen will flash white real quick, and they're suddenly twice as fast. Your defense is down or something. So there's a lot of variables at play at any given battle, which is cool. There's just some of them like, well, what, where's the deeper tie-in? Or is this just like Subspace Emissary, where it's just, here's a random thing we did in a game that is Smash Bros. But, but to be fair, like the mode itself... Mm -hmm. is well done like it really is a full-on rpg kind of baked into smash you've got skill trees You expend orbs to unlock abilities the spirits you gain actually make a difference in your performance from battle to battle one thing i was actually kind of impressed by in a whole like wow this is actually thought out sort of way is the continuity between battles like that squirtle beetle i mentioned before he gives you a spirit that makes you that makes you immune to uh sticky floors and then lo and behold one or two battles later you're fighting on a sticky floor. So you kind of go like, oh, yeah, I could just apply the, the spirit I got a minute ago to this. That's obviously the bluntest, <laughs> simplest example, but it proves the point. that like They actually thought these things. No, too. no, yeah. So it you get further yeah, in, it's they like, get more elaborate.
1: Like, I mean, I haven't played it, but I know I saw one where there's, like, yeah. there's a fight where you have to that's like a fog and then if you find yeah. the detective Pikachu spirit he'll clear the fog
0: right which is clever Basically because he's true. solving the he's clearing the fog of mystery like it I, like thematically when they work that's my point when they work they work great and which like, literally just turns that clever. into
1: a regular old fight at that
0: point but it's clever <laughs> thematically and I can get behind that it's the ones where I don't understand the, the- thematic tie and I'm like eh, okay
1: eventually but... I'll get to it but I know I'm definitely gonna not equip any spirits at any time no you you will no
0: you definitely will no you want to? No, you want
1: I, to. I don't want to. I wanna. I wanna beat it as intended. But then
0: that is how it's intended. No. That's literally the point. You can go send your spirits uh, off I, to train I, and come back and get stronger, and your spirits level up. I have a level no, like I want. I want a couple hundred EV now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like do that.
1: the the no spirit challenge.
0: Hashtag no spirit challenge. Yeah. Hashtag anti spirit week. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, but uh, no, but literally, like this mode does work as its own mode. Like it, that's what's impressed me about, it, as you know, as is the fact that somehow, yet again. Nintendo has figured out a way to take, like, a console experience and make it bite-sized friendly. So if you're playing Switch on the go or if you're multitasking, you can do it. Because the fact is, like, each of these battles only take a couple minutes, right? Like, you can do it in two or three minutes. And yes, you can do a bunch back-to-back, and there's enough variety that will keep you somewhat interested for a long time. Certainly interested for shorter bursts. But if you prefer, you can also do a few here or there as you're doing stuff. And I feel like with Switch in particular, Nintendo has found this secret... I don't know what the secret sauces they figured out or the sweet spot, but they figured out a way to take their core franchises and make them work really well in short bursts. You have the replayability to play for a long time. Like look at Breath of the Wild. They took the idea of dungeons and made them really, compart- like really compact and bite-sized, so you can do a quick dungeon while on the bus, or you can go do a bunch of them long-term on your couch. Or like Mario Odyssey. I know how much you hate the moons, but you have to admit, like the way they made finding moons, you could find a couple dozen, or you could find two, depending on how much time you have, and you're fine either way. Like they figured out a way to take these overarching mechanics and really break them down in a way that makes them super portable friendly and to me this whole mode and the way they do the um, spirit battles and everything within World of Light is them applying like the idea of subspace emissary but making it bite-sized and compartmentalized and ready to drop at mids. notice that so you're playing Switch on the go which is smart of them mm. and there is a lot here like I'm not even halfway yet it supposedly will take somewhere between 24 hours of gameplay um, there are over 700 spirits to collect there's still unlocking characters and whatnot you can do both in world of light and of course through the main game as we were discussing before so there is a lot of stuff to do it just depends on what your priorities are so for me since i mostly play multiplayer presumably here with you um i think i'll probably go through world of light at home and that'll be my way of unlocking characters but then even when i leave world of light because i hit the 10 minute threshold i left world of light and it's like hey here's Ness. you're gonna unlock it i'm like oh sweet so you kind of get like both sides of it at once it's not, it's not like it's either you do once every 10 minutes or you do World of Light. They kind of cross over. So that's kind of nice. Mm. But yeah, that that's World of Light. Like, that's really why I've sunk the most time to. I did try a little online. What do you think of online? Because you've been playing almost exclusively online.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, before I get to it, because there's yeah, is sure. some issues I have with it. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've mainly just been playing just versus, anything versus related. Mm-hmm. And as much as I said about, like, discovering new characters doesn't feel that fresh or new, Yeah. at least the mechanics, like, Make the game overall feel like I said, like pretty different from the last one. Like, everyone is just significantly faster, and at least in that sense, even though while discovering a new character isn't as fun, it's still kind of fun, like figuring out how to fight them once again. Because, like, oh, now I have to fight a way faster Mario that juggles just slightly different. Or
0: so it sounds like you're disappointed by your control, you're, you're disappointed by taking over these new characters, but you like going against these or these old characters, like
1: yeah, because at least them. that, because at leave that, yeah, like there's still new ways to discover, there's still like new habits to. I guess exploit, for lack of a better reason. Right, right. Well, that's like, the right term, yeah. <laughs> like, like in this game, you can only dodge once while in the air. If you dodge once, that's it. You can't dodge anymore. So mm-hmm. being in the air is terrible, so you want to find out when to you know exploit that weakness as much as you can. But yeah, before we get to online, the other modes that I am very, very happy to report, at the very oh, yeah. least... I forgot
0: about all the different battle variations.
1: So, so tournament mode, luckily, is an offline thing. And it's exactly how I remembered it from Smash Brawl.
0: Which they left out of Wii U, right? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: plus it's a little better. It gives you some more bracket options, but really you're just gonna be using the one versus one one. Right. But if you do want some more like I like that they have a a crazy party ammo, just wants everyone in on it. I do like that they have a bracket that starts you in four versus four, in a free for all, then ends in a one v one. Or they have some that are always four versus four, or some that go back and forth. Like that's pretty cool. But um, the mode that I was looking most forward to was Squad Strike, and they were they barely touched on it to the point where it was like, so what is it exactly? Like we know it had like a team system thing, but it didn't really clear up exactly how it worked.
0: So is it more Marvel versus Capcom? Because I haven't tried it at all. Is it more well, Marvel versus Capcom or is it more three on three Pokemon battle? Both. Okay. It's weird.
1: So. Squad Strike, from what I can tell, has two different options. You have either Tag Team or Elimination. Mm-hmm. And if you pick Elimination, that one is designed for if you have, say, I guess what the Smash community calls crew battles, or I guess many fighting games maybe have that too. But I feel like they're way more common in Smash Brothers. They're pretty much like, oh, I have a a team of people, and you're at a big tournament, and you're like, all right, let's do NorCal versus SoCal, because you have enough people on both sides. Right. So each person... Is locked into their own character, and you pick the order you want everyone to go on. So everyone, you pick your anchor, you pick your starter, they go at it. Mm-hmm. If someone wins, they stay there, but if they lose a stock, they have to start the next game with whatever, however many stocks they have left. Because you're essentially playing, I guess, 30 lives versus 30 lives, and who depletes those 30 lives first. They're just divided among different characters. Right, right. So it kind of has a mode like that except the only restriction is that you can only set each match to one life and that's it. Hmm. So I just looked, so I looked, a bit. so I looked everywhere and I can't find a way to add more lives, which is really disappointing. Cause I was hoping, you know, you could have every person gets three lives. Maybe if they lose one, they'll just start the next match with two, or you could just commit suicide to make it two. Right. But nope, you only get one. So in that sense, that's, basically never gonna get used for that <laughs> purpose everyone's gonna do it how they used to always do it mm-hmm. but on the other hand, tag team is exactly what I wanted that's it's basically Marvel's Capcom mode. So you only have the option to do three or five three or five characters which is more than enough mm-hmm. and that one you could see as Marvel's Capcom or Pokemon mode because you pick if you pick three characters each, each person picks three characters to each represent one life. And then you secretly pick the order that you want to send them out in, just how you would in Pokemon. Because you get to see what Pokemon they have, but the order you that they the come order. out in it is, yeah. yeah. And then when the match starts, you see each stock on the bottom represented by the different icons. So when one character dies, the next one immediately comes in. Can you tag in and out?
0: No. Okay. So it is more Pokemon then.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the Marvel's... But it's funny because the, the character select screen, when you are setting that up, just reminds me of Marvel's Capcom. Because all the characters in the middle... And you see the three different like slots on the side just huh, like Yeah. Yeah.
0: That to be to be fair to Smash, that's something they really nailed is this game has some has a lot of like actual fighting game touches. Like that, the title cards, the zoom in on the potential last hit if you're doing one V one. The, well, that's um, new to
1: this game, and that's a really great addition. Yeah, I know. Oh, like, I, mean, I mean, to fighting games in general. Yeah,
0: or like, but that just feels like it builds that whole like fighting game hype, or like actually, even even it, the Smash Meter concept actually, you know, is that? very much like a traditional fighting game thing. They it, really it almost this... feels like
1: they're like replicating the like in Street it's... Fighter. I guess in almost any Street Fighter game, whenever you I guess end a stock with like a super move or an ultra move, like yes. the screen like flashes and it goes like into a freeze frame, right? But since Smash Brothers, at least in a competitive setting you don't have like ultras or supers like you have the smash ball but
0: right or the smash meter if you turn it on yeah so overall <laughs>
1: like the match like the it's just consistently hyped throughout the whole thing so it yeah. makes sense that and at least in 1v1 they added this like whoa look let's get well, they... extra emphasis to that final so, hit. So... Like, you can really see the facial expressions just like in street fighter 4 which is really cool or yeah and back, I, guess, yeah.
0: I, I was told at the after party I was talking with some of the reps and I get and then I read it later so I, this isn't just them BSing um they had melee and brawl or yeah melee and wii u players like pro players play test this oh yeah so they built this thing with esports in mind so a lot of this stuff and all this more fighter stuff or in fact that's kind of nodding tomorrow versus capcom with the select screen like all that was very intentional
1: yeah As like an esport like i know um i recognize a few of the names but the only one that really stuck out from the credits of um i don't know like play testers was amsa he's a he's a really really cool yoshi player if you ever just like Google Amsa melee tournament mm-hmm. like yeah it's it's really cool to see Is Yoshi put in some work because Yoshi is one of those characters that people thought was terrible for a long time right. and then a few yeah. years ago I don't he know where he, yeah, yeah, he came out and he's like what
0: like, right because I Yoshi. remember yeah I remember when people used to hate Yoshi and then suddenly like a lot of people used Yoshi and I never knew when or why or how that suddenly changed Man. I guess it's him but anyway you're saying so, so yeah tag but, team yeah, so at least, um, or squad strike yes, yes, or whatever so, it's called yeah
1: squad strike so at least, um, tag team is exactly what I wanted and it's as fun as I hope so that's great that's good and then smash down well I mean it's it's what you would expect it's really great everyone picks the character once the character selection literally eliminates the character from the slot mm-hmm. they're not grayed out or anything so eventually you're down to like one or two characters left
0: that should also help with your fatigue about to make characters feel familiar because like you're being forced to use characters you don't often use
1: oh yeah I mean, so I mean,
0: if you're like oh I I know what Mario plays like it's like oh but I never use him but now I'm sort of forced to no, yeah, I mean, well, so it helps it it's sort
1: of like Half or like I would say the last third of Smash Four's life. Yeah. When I would play online, I would say like fifty percent of my time was playing just as Bowser online, and the yeah. other half was just playing random.
0: Yeah. When when we play online, you play random.
1: Yeah, just because yeah. I just like to, you know, once in a while use different characters is to it, it definitely diversify your portfolio. Matchup. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps in the matchup. Yeah. But yeah, so at least those two modes. It was like it was hit and miss.
0: Sure.
1: Basically, but you know everything else like the options are great picking the lives at least it remembers your settings for once which is nice you could have i can't mul- believe it took him five games you to can figure have mul- that out you can have multiple rules rule sets set so we have a 1v1 one we have the one well we had one for unlocking characters which it might erase yeah we might set one up for like parties one like for items one with like the smash meter so yeah. it's cool that we don't have to keep like going to the menu we just have all the possible rules that
0: we would Possibly want to Again, do. it somehow took him 5 games and 20 years almost, 18 years to figure that out. Yeah, unfortunately. No, wait, t- 20 years next year, yeah. And something
1: that I learned later that I didn't know right when I started playing is that you actually get to you can actually customize the no name controller option. So Oh, really? So normally you have to input your name so you could turn tap jump off and that kind yep. of stuff. But if you go to the controller settings, you can actually select your name and you should be able to just turn tap jump off. That um, way if anyone, you know, gets off for everyone. Yeah, just wants to play but they don't want to make a name, at least Tab Jump will be off. Right. And you can just
0: default. Interesting. Yeah, there's so, so many low quality. So you can
1: make the default normal, but I still don't know why Tab Jump on is the default I don't know. because I don't the the people it that drew me use in a it when I was yeah, playing it at the Game Awards. There's like maybe one or two people that I use it, but yeah. yeah, for the most part, no one uses it. Yeah. But yeah, so then we get to online. And dramatic pause. <laughs> uh, I mean on one hand like yeah you finally have like a ranked mode and you can like climb the rankings and so far at least from what i can tell like i have been finding like tougher and more consistent opponents and i guess as the higher you climb like i guess the less people you have playing free-for-all so you're more likely to just get a one versus one Mm -hmm. so that's
0: great too but can't you do preferred rules and set it to one versus one Uh,
1: preferred rules they don't guarantee anything that's the thing not preferred like, is
0: is literally just preferred. Yeah, it's not. I like, thought it was actually. I thought that was you saying your lobby conditions.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the really upsetting part. Like before you, like we already had our for glory and for fun. Like they literally separated them for this very and, purpose. And apparently it wasn't a problem then on the way smaller install base of the Wii U mm-hmm. whether they'll find an opponent. And mm-hmm. now that we have you know like the mega hit that is the Switch, now they're worried that we're not going to find opponents for one versus one, so they have to group them all together. Well, have you unlocked
0: the elite? version yeah of? it doesn't change, it doesn't change anything. yeah it
1: doesn't change that and I unlocked it surprisingly fast I feel like only did like three oh. matches with Bowser and then I had it you're just that good and then I was like this doesn't feel like elite but I thought it was going to be like something you really had to like you know grind a lot yeah but like, nope we, we have it already within the sec- first day interesting I mean I'm sure the people there at least haven't found any, anyone that you can't say like oh they don't know how to play at least like once I've entered elite mode, because once you right. unlock elite mode, it essentially replaces your menu option for normal online. Everything you do is just in elite mode.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, it, so just, it just weeds out the noobs. Yeah, so
1: yeah. yeah, so online is just elite online, basically. So,
0: so here's a question: so it, like, if you had to guesstimate. Percentage wise, how often do your prefer, preferred rules actually turn out to be like a 1v1? Like, if you want to do a 1v1, how often, like 8 out of 10, 6 out of 10, does it end up being
1: I mean, 1v1? I don't know, it's weird. Like, today, I mean, I didn't play that much today. I maybe mm-hmm. played one, two, three, like eight rounds. I
0: was like, I say eight hours. I was like, oh God. <laughs> no, I maybe played eight matches. Okay.
1: And they were all one versus ones. But on Saturday, when I played, it was maybe like almost 50%. Oh, weird. But
0: I wonder if it's somewhat based so, on the player base at this Yeah, so time. it's also getting
1: yeah. better. But yeah, there was a period where I'm like, really? Another free for all? Another free for all? And some of them even had items. So it's like. Which isn't even your type of It's, smash. it's like the exact opposite of what we're looking for. Like, yeah. If I play items, I'll play with my friends. That's like, a bit weird. And I know a lot of people are I mean, especially like the pro players that literally just want to play online. Yeah. And they want to practice against, you know, good people. But right. here they are having to do a free for all with items. And it just. It doesn't look good for like Nintendo, which is
0: weird because they tried so hard to cater to the sport. It's, e-sport a, it's
1: world. like so close, it's like just at that point, just give us back for glory. I with s- the option because I, I love that we could play in stages with Hazards Off or Battlefield or yeah, or what have you. But the yeah, Omega, yeah, but like, no, I, I, we wonder... still have they, they had to find some way to mess it up. I because Nintendo, I mean, it's like a running joke, but I guess they felt it was tradition at this point to <laughs> make their online like annoying in some minor way i
0: genuinely wonder if part of the reason that it's less so today than it was on Saturday. like i wonder if it's somewhat algorithmic and as more people enter their preferences and as the preferences get like you know whittled down and more granular it will get better at matchmaking people to those preferences because they you know a bunch of people might have just they might have just bombarded it over the weekend oh, like, yeah, or yeah. it's gonna match whatever and then it's you know they kind of comb through it, and they start matching people correctly. No, and, and possibly and, in a month, this will be a non-issue. No, yeah, I'm, I'm It sure. shouldn't be this way, but yeah. perhaps that's their thing.
1: But and again, like it's only been one day. Like I guess, I guess two now or three. Three. But three. I'm, I'm pretty sure, or I'm confident that this is going to be a non-issue going yeah. forward. Especially as like Minds and nobles' ranks like just keep going up. Right. Like I doubt there's going to be. I mean, unless there is, that would be amazing. But I doubt it's going to be like dedicated. I'm going to do four. I'm going to do competitive free for all and raise my ranking that way so that I only get free-for-all games and they're going to be the outliers um, that mess it up for us. Yeah,
0: you're looking at one right now. I only do well when it's a four-player smash and I come out of nowhere with strategies that make no sense and use items that make no sense. That's how I win. Remember our eight-player smashes as Toon Link and I just destroy all seven of the opponents? I'm going to come at you as Toon Link or Isabel or whatever... Do free-for-alls and then throw off your ideal online smash and you will hate me and disown me and this podcast well, will be considering disbarred. You,
1: well, considering they're, <laughs> considering they're at least doing a good job of pairing you with people with similar like, rankings. Okay, maybe not then. Which is really great. I mean, yeah. at, le- at least in that sense that like, you know you're climbing a ladder of sorts. Mm-hmm. And that way, I mean, I know for a fact I'm never going to get paired with you. Ooh,
0: shots fired. Or maybe not. But maybe yeah. I will because I'll be so good at the free-for-alls and I'll spill over into yours. That's That'll what I'm saying. That would require you to play, though. That would require me to not be sick, which I'm finally over the hump of. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I like, of all weekends to get sick, the weekend of the biggest Switch game, period. Like, literally, the, I pick it up from Best Buy and two hours later I'm basically dead. Like, that's so unfair. To, why did you do this to me, Body? Mm. But, but yeah, any any other modes or anything you've tried or that... Pretty all-encompassing, I think. Right, we're missing anything. Um, I mean,
1: it's just something too. with two online. I played some games with my brother, but I mean, other than that's that, that's what we
0: usually do when we play together.
1: Yeah, but other than that, um, I do kind of miss the fact that we could taunt online. Wait, they took that out. You can't taunt whatsoever online.
0: Wait, yes, you can. You can. You can. No, you can. Um. No. Have pre-written things. It asked me to set them up.
1: Right? I mean, you could do that before the match starts and uh, after the game ends, but you can't do anything during. I wonder
0: it. if that's a way to help with latency issues because uh, people would just spam taunts at the. But the... but you never could spam taunts. They only let you oh, taunt true. like
1: once every ten seconds. That's
0: true because the animations are so long. That's
1: weird. no. Well, they did it because they didn't want any um. What what are they called? BMs. Uh, Bad yeah. manners. Yeah,
0: know? but also like the animations are pretty long for those taunts. Even <laughs> if the... you tried to spam, it would be like. Oh, he raised his sword. Oh, he lowered it. Oh, he raised it again, and he lowered. it. Yeah, but it.
1: but that's at your own risk too. That's like that that's yeah. kind of the nice thing about taunts, is like you're kind of going like, look, I'm making myself vulnerable because yeah. blah blah blah. Well, or, we are in, we are. Or in sometimes era. people actually use them to communicate, like like oh like good job. But depending right. on what character they pick, right. obviously. And like on top of that, if like the animation is being long, with an issue, Smash Brothers is made it so like after the first few frames of the taunts begin, you could cancel out of them, so you could roll out of your own taunts, or. Block out your own oh. taunt. So, taunts being long.
0: Is non moot. Is yeah. non moot. Yeah.
1: Kind of, like, they pretty much made it so everyone has, like, Bayonetta's taunt cancels. Like, I could literally make Ridley scream like a banshee, like, back to back, like, <laughs> nonstop, and it's really fun, but yeah. I wish I could do that online because right. it would be very obnoxious. But And that's why you can't. Exactly. It's yeah. annoying. I yeah. want to be obnoxious online. But,
0: but, you know, honestly, like, I feel like we're able to nitpick all these small things because like the core of smash is very good like the core of ultimate is very good like if if the game was bad we wouldn't care if we could taunt or not we wouldn't care if you know the online was structured how it is it would all be meaningless but like this is a good game
1: no yeah and the game is definitely moving in a i would say in a very good direction like smash 4 was definitely way more like defensive heavy yeah and now, like because of all the changes they made to shield and to dodging, it's it's way more aggressive, which is it makes nice. A,
0: which is good for me because I suck at defense. I always I like never use my shield, so it works in my favor a little. A little it it yeah. rewards me for charging at people randomly with no rhyme it does, reason. It does. Mm-hmm. So, so that's always good. And I mean, just in general, like the value for the mon- your money here is insane. Like this. There's so many modes, so many options. Even though some of the characters feel redundant because you use them from Smash Four, there are a lot of characters, and there's like over 900 music tracks. Like this thing, this is probably the most bang for your buck you can get of any game, of any mm-hmm. Switch game or any game. Period. I mean, like the attention to detail is so good. Like even little things, like I saw a oh, content. I,
1: I, on... I love the way it's a lot of the just some of the way the animations change yeah
0: that's what i'm about to say you can actually see their facial expressions oh
1: well well, not even Uh, well well, yeah well that too but i mean i I love how when charizard is like dashing he actually undulates as he dashes so it looks like floating yeah like i like how mario's like down smash animation where he used to kind of do like a a um a breakdancing kind of move right well now it looks even more like a breakdancing move it looks like they ripped it straight out of his ddr mario mix yeah mario mix like he literally does like a dance move now so it looks mm-hmm. pretty funny so and, and they're
0: really smooth like it doesn't look like you're just like doing an attack it looks like it flows you know
1: yeah like everything is way more but i uh, like a lot also, of characters the, like were i think we worked on in, like in a lot of
0: those ways at least which is also nice. the lighting's really good i keep oh. so as we're as i'm playing i keep mostly not against people online which i've only done a little of which i didn't know about taunts. right i think but as i've been playing world of light my eyes keep wandering away from the bow to all the little like flourishes, animations, the lighting and I keep going like, oh wait, no, 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 no no!" like it's distract. it looks good, it's distracting, like some of the lighting effects are really nice yeah, it's, it's, it's- yeah and like, and the fact that like the photo modes, when you pause again the game, there's always been the, the snapshot, but you can like add filters you can literally change it frame by frame to get the exact image you want, like it's not just what you pause it can like flank a few seconds of either side of that action too like it's, the attention to detail here is just nuts like you're big people at bias game will be busy with it for like ever if they want to unlock everything. Yeah. It's, it's, I, like I said, it's like probably the best value, the best bang for your buck on switch, maybe in gaming altogether. And it's, I, I would say nitpicks aside, you maybe can say it's better than me. Cause you played more, probably one of, if not the best game on switch right now.
1: I mean, it's, it's up there. Definitely the best game on switch right now. At least in my opinion. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. No, I, I would start to lead that way. Like it's, it's, it's... But
1: I could also see how someone would give that to Mario Kart or right, right. Cause...
0: But it's of that caliber. It's like top oh, yeah, tier. Yeah. If you own a Switch, you need to own this. It's game. the best fighting
1: game you could get on Switch right now. Just how much of the best and... racing game, at least until Crash Team Racing comes out. Yeah, well,
0: we'll get to that. But it, it's cheesy to say, but like, I, I would say for the most part, Smash lives up to the ultimate name. This well, is the it, best it, Smash there's ever been.
1: It, it definitely does. It definitely. They, does.
0: They've, they've, damn, they've fixed a lot of things that were problematic past ones. They've introduced some new issues, but they're very small in the grand scheme of things a very good game
1: very fixable stuff because i mean like the issues it. yeah they could easily yeah. patch it they could always add a different menu option like exactly. it's all and i'm sure they're adorable. listening to player feedback and oh sure yeah back on it
0: yeah i mean we still have piranha plant coming by the end of next month so we know there's an update coming down the pipe between now and um end of january so Not down could, the pipe i didn't do that intentionally but i sure wish i did but uh yeah like it <laughs> you suck i know uh but yeah like it it i some of the more deeper issues, if they're if you even call them deep, could be fixed by then. So who knows? But yeah, I, um, anyone listening probably already owns Smash. But if you don't, just like turn off the puck. Po- just go buy Smash. It's fine. Just just turn this off. Go get Smash. Enjoy yourself. But if you want to stick around, there is more than Smash to talk about. Because um, Smash, as we've discussed, shared its launch night with another big event, which uh, the Switch had a more prominent role than ever before. I'd say, and that was the 2018 Game Awards. We had you watching at home, we had me there in the theater, and I should probably preface this just by saying that I'm kind of biased about the Game Awards. Like, I think conceptually, it's a really cool way that the industry can come together and celebrate gaming as a medium, as an art form, as this whole, like, a holistic thing, not just, you know, the little negri of console wars. Like, literally, the night before the show, I went on a tiny little tweet storm. About how it's nice to see the industry you know, put aside console wars, put aside tribalism, get over the Genesis Does What Nintendon't Mindsets for just like one night and appreciate what gaming can do and achieve and how how it can inspire people and whatnot together. And it was funny that then the first thing that happens at the Game Awards the next day is Reggie and Phil uh, Spencer. uh, Spencer. Wow. I was going to say Spectre, which is not right. Phil Spencer of Xbox and Sean Layden of PlayStation. What? Huh? What did you say? Nothing. Okay. Well, I Oh, yeah, no. No, not Professor Layton. Is that what you said? No, I said Nathan Fillion. Oh, Nathan Fillion. Oh. I thought it was Professor Layton. Anyway, the fact that the three of them from each major company then came on stage together for the first time possibly ever to open the show, I was just like, oh it's my tweet living and breathing on the stage over there. But yeah, it was, it was as cheesy and nerdy as it sounds. It's perhaps so my you were favorite. I was single-handedly responsible, not Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley is a fraud. I am the game awards, but no, it, um, it was honestly like my favorite moment of the show as nerdy as that sounds, because it's just, it's such a rare sight to see all the companies come together and be like, yeah, gaming's cool. Like it's not about the financials or the numbers or the, you know, God of war versus this versus that. It's like, Hey gaming, look at this, like what we all did together. Isn't that awesome? So that was cool for me. But but what did you think of the Game Awards this year?
1: Because you were watching
0: here on your TV. I mean,
1: about the same as every year. Um, if I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I, it's impossible to play every single game. It sure is. And just how it is impossible to watch it. It's easier, for sure, than playing every <laughs> single game. But it's definitely possible to watch every single movie. That's true, too. But... I don't know. It's hard to get invested when I haven't played every single game, especially when I only played God of War. And it's like, all right, well, I hope God of War wins every category. It's in. Oh no, it's Red Dead Redemption. But not till the end. At the well, end. yeah, at least God of yeah. War did take it, yeah. but boy, I mean, in spite of that, I, I don't know. I still feel like I don't know. I wish there were more awards on stage.
0: I think that's the one thing that could be improved. Because Honestly.
1: like. Like having said like that in the beginning, I still like kinda wanna go into the game awards to kinda like, you know, give that video game celebration. Yeah. And recognize those that I kinda was like like I like how GDC like also does their awards and they even give out awards for very like more specific stuff. Like right. it's I guess like um I forgot the voice actor's name for um for Arthur in Red Dead Redemption, like that he won the award for that.
0: Oh yeah, um was it Woody or something? No, Woody's a composer. Yeah. Um, and, and,
1: and, 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 and obviously, yeah, he did, like, an amazing, like, job as, like, the voice of Arthur, which does this, like, deserve its own award, but then they also don't have an award, like, well, what about the people that, like, animated and actually did the quote-unquote performance yeah. of Arthur? There is a slight... Like, it's like, you kind of, like, you can't... He can, it's almost like he got credit for everything, even though he really is just, like, a part of Arthur.
0: There's a slight, I don't want to say tone-deafness, because every award show has this problem, in every industry, yeah, but, but there is, and, uh, I mean, like least, it's, you're, least, go ahead.
1: On a, I say at least GDC and I think, Anagram, there's a, another award or sermon that actually does like recognize like, Oh, for the best animation of this character in this scene, because mm. obviously the voice actor, right. like the rock got enough accolades for his portrayal of Maui or whatever. Right. It's like, let's give the people that actually brought him to life.
0: I don't think The Rock won a single award for that, by the way. Oh, I know. It right was, out Wayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> is not Oscar winner doing The Rock Johnson, just so we're clear. That's
1: the first thing that popped into my head. I know. Um, but I can't think of a
0: – No, I know what you mean. Yeah, anyway. But, um, yeah, your, I your mean – thing I was going to say I think industry. every industry has this problem where there is a slight – I know Hollywood's had this issue with animators for CG. There is a slight tone deafness of like, like, hey, gaming's great. Look at this guy who voiced Arthur. Look at like – look at this cool moment where they brought out the voice actors from god war and they did that thing from the game you all know where he says boy wasn't that funny like that was actually pretty cool but um weird thing i didn't realize i knew who the two of them were for other uh, from other projects (laughs) like i saw them on stage like oh that's who voices them because um christopher judge who does kratos Kratos, is i used to watch with my dad when i was younger stargate atlantis which is this nerdy sci-fi show and he or no he was on regular stargate not atlantis and he was one of the main characters on that
1: oh I and then they didn't know he had a career. On yeah, and anymore. then separate
0: from that. The kid, um, whose name Atreus? I'm working out. What?
1: Well, I don't know what his real name is. Yeah, means. but
0: he was—he's the star mid '90s. Yeah, boy, he's the star mid '90s. at Jonah Hill movie that I was just at a oh, screening of with the Q and A with the cast. That's like, a two months ago. That's him. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, uh, sunny so, Sage so, so if so, I watch that, like
1: that it. movie, it would just feel like I'm watching a trail that went through a portal to the real world and just lived life as this kid. I guess. Correct. Huh correct because it's really hard to separate him from the voice but
0: but it's just funny to see him there and be like oh i actually know these people (laughs) but no but like while they're elevating that there's a lot of stuff that's missing like Mm -hmm. you're saying but it happens in hollywood too, where it's just kind of like all this is happening and then meanwhile outside the oscars there's a protest about studio being shut down or in this case there's all those stories about the horrible crunch that the developers went through for red dead while inside there's not even a drop of like I mean, maybe one person is like, thanks to the whole team, you worked so hard. I think actually the Red Dead producer, or the God War producer, uh, she said that. Or not producer, but yeah, the Sony what, studio what, what had. In, but, but, like, they mostly kind of didn't address that. And I get you're not going to bring it up in a meaningful way, but it's kind of like... I didn't, it felt like it was just, like, oddly absent, you yeah, know? I, I
1: did like that the whole Celeste team came to the That stage. was cool.
0: And, and, and this, to your point about the awards weren't focused on enough, I think that is the thing that can be improved. Because, like, I get why Yeah, I get why um they have announcements yeah I get why they have announcements all word shows some of those yeah because all word shows are about marketing at the end right like if you go watch the Grammys half or more of the Grammy performances are for songs that just came out that aren't Grammy nominated why are they there marketing but I think there's room to adjust the ebb and flow a bit to perhaps allow more time for people like the Celeste team to come up and give a speech because you know maybe you don't need Jeff Keighley marathoning four words mm-hmm. in 60 seconds every hour on the hour for three hours when you can spread it out a little better like Maybe you ditch the game reveal interviews and only show the world premieres its trailers, but okay, fine. So the trailers don't say very much. So give them an extra 30 seconds and let them do also a gameplay showcase, kind of like what Anuma and Miyamoto did for Breath of the Wild when it was first revealed at the first game awards or something like that. Like there's ways they can make this work and they accuse the extra on stage time for more yeah, awards. Yeah, because
1: I feel like, I mean, teasers can be fun. Yeah. Teasers, but. I, I don't know. I, I kind of get annoyed when like half the trailers or half the reveals were like CG trailers that they didn't show any gameplay or they didn't really tell us much yeah, about like, the game.
0: Like Hello Games um The Last Campfire. I really like the look of that. And I'm like, oh, that looked really cool. And I'm like, but I have no idea what that is. Like, what, what, what do you, yeah, or, how do you play this? Is or, or, it coming to anything but PlayStation? I or or know. the one where it looks like, oh, let's call on the new
1: planet. And then it looks like everything went wrong. And yeah. there's like monkeys involved. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But like they didn't show anything. It was just like static yeah. image and that was it so and and
0: I think like even ignoring if it's teasers or real reveals like I think part of why it felt like padding which it shouldn't feel which like which is padding. weird because it was like the opposite the awards almost were padding for the reveals but it, it's weird because like I yeah feel most like... people
1: were just waiting for with the mystery Smash Brothers announcement although which... no one knew
0: that was even happening That's that was the crazy thing Smash people figured wouldn't be there but um, I think
1: really I thought it was no, I don't think that we were gonna get something. No, nope. Nintendo tweeted
0: Nintendo tweeted tune in and then go play Smash after.
1: No, they said tune in for a Smash Brothers announcement.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, they did. Nope. Yeah. To the phones. All right. Well, well, you look it up real quick. I'll I'll finish my thought. What I was gonna say is I I just want them to have more time to speak because your comment raised a good point that um some of the most charming genuine moments are these people's speeches and like. The Celeste team was really nice. It's a really positive message, and you know, as awkward as Sonic Fox's speech was, there was something very genuine that made up for it. Like it was, like it was kind of. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed. I liked his, it. It, like, it was, he, it was he, he it, sort of It took him a few minutes to get his like footing and really say what I wanted to say, but it was really nice. And I was saying pretty close to the teleprompter for the show, and you know, I would look at it from time to time from time to time and besides it informing me that the entire Red Dead Redemption 2 music performance had lyrics spelled out to them which was kind of funny Um, it showed that the award winners were only given about 45 seconds to talk so after 45 seconds they were never cut off but the teleprompter would start aggressively flashing please wrap up if you didn't wrap up fast enough it would start flashing in multiple colors and I was just sitting there like maybe maybe Take away a premiere or two and give everyone a minute and five seconds instead of 45 seconds. Like, that makes, those small differences make a difference, and you can't find the tweet, can you? Oh, I'm looking in the wrong place. Oh, Nintendo America. But yeah, like, I don't really have an answer for how I'll they can it do right this. Out. I was looking at Nintendo Versus. Oh. I don't
1: I really have it. an answer for how they can do right, it, I but it.
0: I think... Okay. What's it say? No, like, I, I got that. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, said. yeah. I don't really have an answer of how they go about re-configuring like configuring the show, but I think there's a little room to let the awards breathe. But I will say, one thing I did like about these Game Awards is I think um, you can tell, now that the show's viewership is equal or higher than a lot of other established award shows, it is very comfortable in its own skin. Like, the fact that they were able to do all the music performances strictly game-related, you know, the I love the Smash Bros. Orchestra, um, Devil's Trigger from Devil May Cry 5 was certainly something, but it was like, oh, it's a game song that people requested, and here it is on stage. Like, that was kind of cool, and even just the fun of having the individual reveals kind of have different ways of presenting themselves was kind of nice like you could tell they were just sort of letting like the team just kind of gets it you know having Ed Boon come out and from uh, Mortal Kombat 11 he interrupted an actual award to reveal the game like yeah that takes away from the award for a minute but that's really kind of clever or like you know Joker and Persona 5 we're talking about smash announcement the way they literally shut down the show and acted like it was hijacked I thought that was kind of cool and these are things you can only do if you build up your audience and build up a trust with that audience of what the show is so that was cool to see and I also really liked how there was less pandering this year. Like, I felt like there wasn't this cringy need to cater to gamers. I mean, maybe Truth's anti-vaping campaign came kind of close, but at least they had a good message. But there's nothing like Shik HydroBot. There's nothing really super cringy. They did a pretty good job of pacing in terms of keeping the show moving along. Even if you feel like the... Oh, I guess not. I told you you misread it. They were saying tune yeah. into the awards and then go play Smash.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I cut off some more than just like. Yeah, no, no. The smashing,
0: no one expected
1: that. Oh, I guess I was. I was literally just watching for the announcement. Oh no, no, no! no.
0: It, they were acting like and basically it... Nintendo was pitching it like, "Hey, well, come to the Game Awards, see what we're gonna show, and then when it's done, it's Smash Bros. time." Uh, that's well, how they were sort of angling it the whole week oh, well I guess
1: mammoth reading made me not the price but, but a yeah because as uh,
0: like I say the way the audience reacted when they showed Joker or when they showed the Smash invitation we'll get to that but when the way the reactor was like yeah no one expected that but yeah what I was going to say is I feel like the, the pacing of things and just the overall like it felt like it was actually respectful gamers and not just trying to pander to them that was nice mm. even from the advertisers minus the vaping I mean vaping's bad but the, the vaping ads were very like hi I'm a Twitch streamer but you know what I don't do when I don't stream vape it's like what? Okay. Um, hey, it's important. Yeah. It is. No, I I vaping's no offense to anyone listening to that vase, but I I don't get it. I don't it's like you, I mean, you're inhaling not right? just the nicotine and crap, but you're also inhaling pieces of metal because you don't know where those vapes came from. I
1: mean, you've seen those commercials there where there's like two kids doing like some average thing and then it cuts and rewinds that you just missed the the most dangerous thing and it was right under your nose, and then they showed up that the USB drive that the kid was sharing was actually the vape or something.
0: By the way, are we cyborgs now? Like, what <laughs> happened in the last ten years that we're smoking USB drives? Like, <laughs> seriously, I don't get it. But anyway, besides the show itself, um, I want to see if any other thoughts about the Game Awards as an entity.
1: Oh, I enjoyed it. Could yeah, I enjoyed. Could it. always be better. I yeah, mean, it's really impressive. I mean, I, mean I, that I guess it's gotten better. I want to say it has, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell you.
0: No, it, it it How it changed? It's yeah, it's gotten better for sure. Like the stuff I was talking about it doesn't about feel like the, it's
1: gotten any shorter, and. and, no. and it I feel, it doesn't have to be shorter, but I feel like the time, I guess, it has to be used, has to be balanced a little better because it did feel like it dragged at at many times, which is not what you want to
0: do. Yeah, which is I think partly because like they had a lot of reveals, but not a ton of them were, like I, the the ones that were related to Nintendo, I thought were inter- interesting because I'm biased, but there's a lot of times I'm just sitting there like uh, okay.
1: Yeah, Nintendo... I mean, they Far didn't, Cry had confetti. That was cool. I mean, they didn't do anything this year, so... No, they did
0: plenty, which we're about to talk about, so...
1: I mean, that besides Smash Bros., they had, like, rep at the Game Awards. Uh,
0: what? Oh, oh, you mean, like, awards? Yeah, awards. Oh, by. I thought you meant reveals. Yeah, no, they had a no, quiet no, no, year. This is Nintendo's sophomore slump. I feel like they're going to be back stronger in 2019.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, it's not like when Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, yeah. especially, like, that thing... Breath of the Wild was great last year, I mean, but bi- they did have the Smash Bros. orchestra. I mean, they, they basically swept the stage. I mean, yeah, some yeah, of the awards, yeah.
0: but... But no, I, I, actually, sweeping the stage, fun fact, so you know how they had the Far Cry confetti when they were reveal, revealing New Dawn, which actually looks kind of fun in a Rage 2, sort of over-the-top way? Um, so they dropped all that confetti on that guy when he was talking, right? And then, when they're showing the footage on the screen, fun fact, they bring out five leaf blowers, and they're seeing their leaf blowing all the confetti off the stage, and they're just making all this racket. It's like... Grrr. Meanwhile, they're trying to show the premiere trailer. You don't hear any of this on the screen. They never show or play any of the... Uh, theater audio during the gameplay reveals but it's just kind of funny that I'm just saying like, what what is happening, why are there so many leaves? why do you need five, but they need five, anyway uh, besides the show itself, the big thing about the game award- awards are the premieres and the news that breaks, even though we're saying maybe there should be fewer of them they are a big part, and this year, to me at least, there were two major takeaways, the first isn't exactly Nintendo related, but man Epic Games, they're really going after Steam, aren't they like, they're really going after Steam. I mean, for those who don't How know, so? Epic just launched... Well, maybe you don't know. Epic just launched its own oh, Steam competitor. Oh, they launched a game store? They did. It's called and it's the Epic- live now? It's live now. It's called the Epic Game Store. It went live during the awards, which was a surprise. And here's the thing that's So unique. they only have two games on it? No, they have a bunch. Here's what's unique about it. The revenue split for developers. Instead of seventy thirty, which is industry standard, Steam, eShop, all of them, Epic is offering 88-12. So developers get 88 and Epic only takes 12 which is a huge incentive. And then they're money-hatting exclusives to get them on the store. So, money-hatting? You know where they basically pay a company to put their game on Steam. Like Super Meat Boy PC exclusive will be Epic Game Story. Uh, Epic Game Super Story. Super Meat Boy forever? forever. So besides... It'll be on Switch but if you want on PC you cannot find it on Steam for a year. Mm. And then on top of that the exclusives they're also going but to have free it's games. It's kind of annoying to have multiple platforms for right. It's a platform war within a single system which is weird. And on top of that, they're going to do free games every two weeks. So Super Meat Boy Original is free right now on Epic Games Store. And then they, I think they have another one too, and then two weeks will rotate. But what was crazy is no one really expected them to be in the show in such a meaningful way. Like the number of games that were Epic Games Store exclusive in the show was a lot. And the first time that logo popped up I think it was at the end of uh, the Hades trailer, which is a new game from um, – I'm blanking out on who. but it's, I know
1: what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um
0: like, you, you couldn't hear it on the stream because, again, they don't play the audience audio. But it sounded like someone made a sick burn and everyone in the crowd was like, oh, like there was an audible rumble when the Epic Game Store logo appeared for mm-hmm. the first time. And that kept going all night. It got weaker and weaker with each. But, like, people didn't expect them to make that those sorts of power moves that early on. So it's going to be weird to have, you know, two competing stores on PC. And what I'm curious to see is what that means about higher revenue split for developers Across all download services, because mm. obviously, if you want to be on eShop, you or if you want to be on Switch, you have to go through eShop. But our developers going to start being like, "Hey, Nintendo, we want a higher cut. Epic's doing it for us. Like maybe we just won't bring our game to you, and we'll just, you know, we'll make up the difference in revenue at least somewhat by just getting the Epic cut or whatever." And it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Like I don't know if they're saying a trend or if they're being the odd man out or what, but a platform war on one system or on one platform is never good. <laughs> But I'm curious where this goes in terms of how it affects the rest of the industry. Even the App Store. Even Google Play. Like, all these are 70-30. And then Epic's coming in at 88-12. So it'll be interesting.
1: New industry standard?
0: Possibly. That's what I'm thinking. Or somewhere in between, maybe. But the other biggie from the Game Awards that's actually relevant to this podcast is uh, the Nintendo stuff. And that's how much of a role the Switch played this year. Uh, Last year, I was pretty sure the runaway success of Switch meant that they'd have a big presence at the Game Awards. And it kind of didn't. I mean yeah mario and zelda were all over like you were saying but there weren't really announcements outside nintendo's own bayonetta news and the zelda dlc there's no third party stuff this year however it feels like it filled the promise i expected last year because not only was there a bunch of different games available on switch like celeste and the messenger winning all these awards but there are a number of third party and first party unexpected first party announcements for switch that really like i would say like a third to half of all the games shown at the game boards are probably coming to switch like that's that's crazy for a nintendo platform to have that much attention at like a multi-platform event like this so before we get to the third part we should probably talk about what nintendo itself brought to the table and i'd say that both of the reveals especially now that you know nintendo didn't tell us about smash bros were actually pretty big surprises um first right at the top of the show was the reveal of marvel ultimate alliance 3 the black order which is not just coming to Switch. Wait, that's a Switch game? It's a Switch exclusive. Oh, I thought it was like a, it's tr- it's, a mobile it's, game or something. No, it's being published by Nintendo. So, okay, so here's the thing about that.
1: I'm not like, that could be a console Here's game. the thing about it that. It looks very simple.
0: No, well, listen. The thing about that game is you got to think about like a Warriors game, like a Fire Emblem Warriors or something. Like I admit it's not the it looks a bit rough and it's probably an early build, but I think that's because of the type of game it is. Like you have a bunch of different characters on screens, hero and villain, and the view is traditionally pre zoomed out, and it's about having a mass amount like a huge number of characters at any one time. So of course each one's gonna look very simple simple in detail when they're zoomed in, and of course it's gonna look a bit lacking like that. But like a Warriors game, when you see it on mass running and it's a final build and not this early build, it's probably gonna look a little smoother. I know some stuttery slowdown in it, but you know, I, I have hope it's going to be good because, like, we, we don't know much about the game yet, but conceptually it seems pretty cool. I mean, it's going to support four player co op, both locally and online. You can play with individual Joy Cons on one system. You can do multiple systems together. You can play, like I said, online. If you're on separate systems, you have a dynamic view where you can actually zoom in a bit closer. Which I assume they're going to clean up the game to make that actually look good. So I think this was primarily build, but I I think that the significance here is not whether it looks like a mobile game or not. It's like there's a Marvel exclusive on Nintendo system by Nintendo. That's cre- like, first of all, the Ultimate Alliance series was it's not quite popular. Spider-Man, though. What? Wait, what?
1: No, it's not Spider-Man, though.
0: No, but, well, we all know what yeah. going to be because here's the thing. Ultimate Alliance was quite popular in its day. And I- I'll tell you, as someone who was sitting in the crowd at Microsoft Theater, people were super into it, like verbally into it when it was revealed. There was a lot of noise in that theater for a minute there. So, there's definitely an audience here. There's definitely going to be some attention. Whether it's the same as, like, you know, Spider Man, who knows? But people are into it. And I do get why. Like, it is a lot of fun. Um, in college, I don't remember if you played it with us.
1: I didn't play it with you guys. But okay. I have, yeah, I, have, so, I have played it, though.
0: Yeah. So, me and my housemates, my housemates and I. It's more like we, Diablo than it is, Exactly. We played through the entirety of the Wii version, really enjoyed it. It is basically Diablo. It is basically Gauntlet, but skinned with Marvel characters and settings and whatnot. And that I think is why else is significant besides just makes sense on Switch and has hype is even if you yourself don't care about the game, Nintendo's being very strategic with this because first you've got Switch owners or potential owners who have an interest in Diablo three, and then here comes another game cut from the same cloth for them to enjoy in a similar way to kind of how Nintendo's done their slow footprint expansion of genres of fighting games and sports games and whatnot. Um, plus, it plays the system strengths of co op play. And second of all, it's freaking Marvel. Like, at a time when Marvel's hype and attention's at an all-time high, this game's going to do huge numbers on Switch. I mean...
1: Here I hear it being Marvel with the kiss of death. It you what? Here I hear it being Marvel with the kiss no, of death.
0: No, no, I mean, come on. Like, they're they're going to lean... I mean, even if you look at the trailer, they're going to lean pretty heavily on Avengers with this one. The premise is to stop the Infinity Gauntlet from being collected. The Guardians of the Galaxy are in it for the first time and I bet you anything that Nintendo's going to time the release of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 around either Avengers Endgame's theatrical release in April or its home release later in 2019. In fact, like I'm, more, I'm actually more shocked that when they had the Russo brothers, the directors of Avengers, at the Game Awards, they didn't either A, have them introduce this game or B, just flank the trailer on one side or another with whatever they're presenting just to... Sort of put that synergy there, like it's it's going to be big for them. It's also worth knowing that the game's developed by Team Ninja, and their bread and butter is the sort Let me of try the other M. Well, here, okay, here's the thing <laughs> about other M. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put my reputation on the line. People didn't like other M. Because what other M. was designed around and its direction, but the game itself was good. Like it, the Team game Ninja itself is built I like... what needed to be built at the direction of Nintendo, and they are very good at making fast pace games like uh, Ninja Gaiden and making combat heavy games like Dead or Alive they made Neo recently which is also an action RPG that got well reviewed so I would see no reason why Team Ninja making uh, Ultimate Alliance 3 should be negative if anything it's a positive in my mind like this seems it seems like they have all the things lined up in a way for this game to be huge whether it'll actually be great I don't know but it's certain. I think it'll definitely be like an 8 out of 10 sort of game versus like a 4 out of 10. Or maybe versus Spider-Man being like a 9.8 out of 10. I don't you know, you know. It's not going to be like the cream of the crop, but it's going to be a good, solid game. It's very crazy to see Nintendo working with Marvel. It kind of makes you wonder, so PlayStation has a Marvel game. Nintendo has a Marvel game. What's Xbox going to get? That's the only one left.
1: Obviously a Dark Horse game.
0: That actually almost kind of makes sense. but um, They'll probably
1: get like some... Hellboy tie-in game. Or I, I mean, I mean that feels more Xbox for some reason. Mm-hmm. Hellboy on Xbox. I
0: don't know. It kind of does. Both sound extreme. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. So I'm interested in it. Well, I pick it up. I I really like the original on Wii, so maybe. But I mean, what about you? You seem you seem less than thrilled by it. But maybe it's just mm-hmm. not your cup of tea. No, it's not. Okay, the end. Great. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I do think it's significant for Nintendo. Like, it's a huge power move. I mean, move by I mean Nintendo.
1: the game was fun, but it's one of those games that I'm not invested enough in Marvel right. or that gameplay style to get it on my own. I think I'd only do it if I had people play with. Yeah, it's like if like I I do have some friends that I could see them getting it like very excitedly, mm-hmm. and I mean if that's what they want
0: to play, I'll play it for sure. I could see me getting this over Diablo. I feel like I'd rather get Diablo. I feel like this yep. is more my cup of tea. And plus, I bet, I bet you, because the Wii version almost had it, there'll probably be some Nintendo characters.
1: Especially because if I played Diablo, then that's more characters that I would recognize in Heroes of the Storm.
0: True, you have that whole Hearthstone side of you. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, Samus almost was in Ultimate Alliance on Wii, so yeah. it's also coming full circle. I remember circle. seeing that. Yeah.
1: What, 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 what's that YouTube channel called? Um, Unseen uh, 64. Yeah. They're still around.
0: It's not what were they called, it's, what are they called. But yeah they're a great channel they have so many little like things but um yeah. anyway yes, yeah, so that, that's Marvel I think it's a big deal um, Nintendo then bookended the show with the final reveal of the night as well which was on the other end obviously and this was out of left field to everyone but apparently you which is that Joker from Persona 5 is joining Smash Bros as the first DLC character and immediately I gotta ask Smash a Hawk Angel what are your thoughts on Joker of Persona 5 joining the Smash Bros roster as far
1: as joker specifically no nothing because i don't because
0: yeah i I'm, I'm, i haven't played persona since the third one. yeah like,
1: too. i didn't even know that was his name yeah same like i i recognize the character because i saw him all over the place at um at anime expo right but yeah it's like well it's like when cloud got announced it's like well i'm it's cool that he's in there because i know people are excited for yeah. it but i it probably does nothing for me what it does I guess make me excited about is the fact that I guess this announcement is supposed to kind of I guess keep our what we're supposed to expect for the rest of the announcements which it makes it now like alright if Nintendo picked them I guess they're going to be more marketing for Nintendo games but now it's like oh it's
0: I don't even know what it is anymore. It You know what's funny is, so Reggie said this on stage and then he said it during an interview with IGN after show but he emphasized that all these DLC characters they're doing aren't necessarily like Tied to Nintendo in any way anymore, as he put it, they can represent all gaming. He, he claims Sakurai wants to have quote unique and different characters, regardless of where they're from, which is fine oh, until man. your point. Please don't put Goku in. Well, world. no, 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 no. He's not a game character. No, I know, but he won't be. But but here's the here's the problem with Reggie's My, statement.
1: Don't put. Uh, well, um.
0: Whoa, whoa! He can't believe that. No, nope. no. Nope no nope, My... leave that mark down that there time i thought 105. wow we've got so many episodes so many <laughs> so many
1: anyway whatever i meant um that freaking character sora from kingdom hearts
0: see that almost makes sense but yeah the the wrinkle in reggie's comment that i find particularly amusing is he's like oh Sakurai's picking i'm not gonna edit this you are no. i will then sakurai is picking a you know Characters are unexpected. It's like, well no, Sakurai's not picking. As you just pointed out, Angel, Nintendo gave Sakurai a list. Nintendo's picking marketing moves that make sense. So it doesn't have total free reign, but clearly what's nice to see is Nintendo's when I think outside the box a bit, and I'd reckon there's marketing tie ins here for that. Like, let's be honest. What are the odds we're getting a version of Persona five on Switch next year? Like it seems there's no way we're not. Like, come on. That's why would you put a Persona mean, five characters and what not people port said
1: it? About... Cloud and the Final Fantasy 7 remake
0: yeah but that I thought that we are no it's still not confirmed for oh, Switch. that's right it's the one that's not confirmed yet yeah and it's been like over a year I don't know I feel like I so, feel like it's gonna I mean, I mean it, there's it, a it, it,
1: it, it could still come to Switch but there's a legit
0: rumor it is coming to Switch Um, I mean that's what people also said about no like with details 7. so it's supposedly called Persona Five Reloaded it'll be announced when the Joker's DLC releases on Smash and it will supposedly offer some gameplay tweaks and new exactly scenarios for like Final World Final Ends With You going to be
1: called Final Fantasy VII Reloaded. Okay, now you're, gonna, just, and now, and you're just, now you're just, gonna now you're just mimicking
0: mm. me. <laughs> no, but uh, supposedly this is an actual thing that's happening. But even, okay, fine. Even if Persona 5 doesn't come out, like...
1: Although Persona games usually do have, like, a second
0: version. Like, there's
1: Persona 3 right. or Persona 4 Golden. And they have a history
0: on Nintendo systems, mostly DS and 3DS, so it lines up it's going to be a 3DS game. Imagine in 2019. Oh jeez. <laughs> but no, it's like it's it was crazy how people how nuts people went for this. Like again, I wish they mic'd the audience during gameplay reveals cuz like people lost their minds in the theater, which I I don't have the emotional attachment to Persona to lose my mind for, but we have a friend that was texting us who listens to this sometimes, so he knows who he is, who was like texting, who <laughs> was like freaking out. Like it was it got a good reaction. But it does open up a huge question of um Okay. So apparently any game is fair game. Apparently anything that could come to a Nintendo platform for a game. Like, we've talked about how Bandra kazooie might make sense on Nintendo, on Smash, because they have the legacy on Nintendo platforms. But now it's kind of flipped. Basically, any third-party character that could potentially be on a Nintendo platform, like Switch, in the future, is silently eligible. So, like, who would that even translate to? Who would you want that to translate to? We literally have... The world is our it's oyster.
1: Like, it's like at one point I thought, like, oh, I feel like Crash and Spyro would be good, but then now with Joke with reveal, it feels like Spyro and Crash aren't outside of the box enough. Or I think Crash cracking. is a given.
0: I mean, the fact that Crash Team Racing is of switched Switch Day 1, opposed to being a layer delay, which we'll talk about in a bit, but... I'm actually kind of... Crash is gonna happen.
1: My... If I had to give, like, an out-there prediction, I'm... I would say that we're gonna get a character from Mortal Kombat.
0: You know what? I was gonna guess that, too. I was gonna guess either Scorpion or Sub-Zero.
1: Yeah, it, it would definitely be Scorpion. If, yeah. Or they're gonna be... Pick, like, a non-main one for whatever reason, they're gonna pick Raiden. Uh-huh. But... But it, it would be one of those three for sure, most likely Scorpion.
0: Now, are we just saying this because both Mortal Kombat and Crash were confirmed to come to Switch at the Game Awards, so we're a little, like, you know, well, it's, like, well, pre-planted well, I mean, in our heads a bit? or Well, I mean, we I
1: mean so that much. helps it, but yeah. at the same time, it's, like, it still kind of goes with, like, oh, the same reason, I mean, Cloud kind of got it in Mortal Kombat. has kind of reestablished itself as a very big fighting game. Yeah. You have, it's a very different style than Street Fighter, and we have Street Fighter reps, and right. I, I can't, I don't know who wouldn't want to do, like, Ryu versus... Scorpion. scorpion yeah and the fact that mortal Kombat is typically a bloody game very gory game doesn't even really matter because they could just not have the, not gore. Have the gore. it could
0: be like the super nintendo version it could literally just be
1: news yeah it'll literally just be scorpion saying come over here and yeah. i mean people get stabbed here all the time it doesn't make a difference they don't get cut that's true but i mean they get stabbed plenty yeah. of times they get crushed
0: but, yeah Mortal yeah. Kombat was my i mean immediate... more combat crash it's fine that you mentioned both were my kind of first two thoughts um I love to see him do, like, Travis Touchdown. Or He's not that out of the box, but, like, Nintendo's sort of... Bringing... the trailer? It's
1: going to be, like, characters fighting, and then you'll hear, get over here, and then the cable yep. will come out, and grab the chain will come out and grab someone. And I mean, pull they already kind of
0: did the whole chain going through people's bodies when uh Ridley's really? tail went through Mario, well, was... and everyone and, killed them, yeah. pouring out for Mario. But, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I think, I think besides those, like I was saying, Travis Touchdown maybe would be kind of interesting, um... I still think, although I don't know how it would work. Actually, I don't think because it's almost too much of a given, but Minecraft Steve, like... Oh, uh, he also feels like a... He feels like he's too in the box, and I don't mean that because he's a block. I mean, like, literally, he's... I almost
1: kind of want to say that that feels like a given, also.
0: Yeah, which means it probably won't be. Like, I do like Nintendo's trying to subvert expectations. He That's would nice be
1: shape-based. very different. He would. Which kind of goes to Sakura, I think, once you have different characters. Then maybe...
0: Yeah, maybe he is kind of like sweet
1: like, spot. Like, him more so than, I would even say... Um, Crash. Yeah, Crash and um, Scorpion. Yeah. Because he would really have to get creative for his moveset. Like, is he going to, like, create blocks? I don't know where. Does he have... Yeah, sure. I mean, he has, like, a pickaxe theme, but he also has... Like, Microsoft could literally be anything. He gets, so...
0: Does he have a legion of creepers, like, Olimar's Pikmin?
1: Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. Is he going to summon random, like, enemy yeah. monsters? Is
0: he... They'd have more fun creating him than most characters, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and you have and, – and then you still have, like, your diversity. You could have, like, your male and female because they have Steve and Alex. And then you have right. – you could have – give him a version of him with armor. You could have different random skins. You could have them be, like, different animals because that's also a thing. I
0: hope Sakurai's taking notes right now because you're basically spelling out the character for, or, like, going through all the character design work for him <laughs> verbally.
1: And, I mean, he punches trees, so that's obviously, like, his little basic attacks is punches and yeah, yeah, kicks or something. Yeah. I would also love it if you animate just like in Minecraft where he doesn't bend his knees or arms. Gets, oh, I'm sure like,
0: if they had him in there, he would animate exactly the same.
1: Yeah. It'd be kind of weird, but that's how they would have to do it.
0: Yeah, it's the only way it would work. It'd be like Game & Watch where it's just sort of janky.
1: Now, would they call him Minecraft Steve or just Steve? Minecraft.
0: Right? <laughs> they call him My- the same way as Duck Hunt for a dog and a duck. It's just going to be Minecraft. No, they'll probably call him Steve.
1: Well, don't forget the the player that shoots. I mean, he's still part of it.
0: True. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But you know, you know, we we were talking about Mortal Kombat, and I I gotta be honest, that was pretty surprising to see Mortal Kombat 11s coming to Switch. Yeah, that I mean, was there is precedent to be fair. WB Games and specifically are Nether Realm? Are they scaling down the visuals of this game? Well, I think it's gonna be about the same as what they did with Injustice on Wii U. Because remember, Injustice came out.
1: Yeah, but Injustice Two didn't.
0: Yeah, and that game. But we're seeing a lot of PS4 and Xbox One games. Fitted on the Switch,
1: but then just as one
0: was a PS3, I sixty. Yeah, but but the Wii wasn't as powerful as those. Oh, yes, it was. It was. You're right. I don't know, but I mean, they do have a history of making things work on underpowered Intel platforms. Mm, So, I mean, not their newer games, just their Their old. They're one instance of it, but yeah, I don't know what's gonna be. I mean, we're only getting they're already kind corners. We're only getting the standard edition. We're not getting the premium edition. But the fact that we're getting it at all is interesting. Like, I don't know what that's going to mean in terms of visuals. Um, we don't really. It's probably because we don't really know much about the game yet. Like, they're not doing a proper unveil until January 17th for their Community Day. But what we do know so far is it's as gory as ever. The trailer was set to a very out of place, but apparently custom written for the trailer. Twenty One Savage song. And, I wonder it sounded familiar. Yeah, but it's weird because like he made that song for the. Well, I mean, game. the voice, the voice. Yeah, but it doesn't. It didn't really flow very well. Anyway, but the other thing we know, this is the big new feature of did the game. you show it to our friend? I have not yet. I should probably do that. But the the big new feature of the game is what they're calling custom character variations. Which in WB's words... so here's how WB their
1: custom character variations from Mortal Kombat 10? Uh, or... Here's
0: what WB says. You tell me. It'll give players the creative control of building customized versions of the character roster. End of sentence.
1: I mean, that's, I guess it's kind of like what they did in Injustice where you have... You pretty much customize the character with different... So is it spirits...
0: Are they putting spirits from Smash inside Moral Combat, essentially? But making it whole yeah, game? Yeah, because that's literally what Injustice yeah. 2
1: did. If you played in certain modes, those different, like, cosmetic changes did come with, like, stack, stat augmentations. Right. But when you were playing online versus regular ranked matches, the augmentations just went away. It was just an aesthetic thing at that point. With hmm. Which I can imagine... They will the fact that, that they're way. saying
0: creative control makes me think it might be a visual thing, mostly, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you can make the Ninja Turtles have like either pupils, or get rid of the eyes, right. or give them like a more techy looking shell, or it's probably more ninjay like looking thing.
0: But yeah, it. I mean, like I said, we'll we'll find out January 17th. But it's just so crazy that like they're actually putting this thing on Switch. Like, who would have thought? Um... And the game itself isn't even that far away either. It's coming out April 23rd, which is less than six months from now. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. But there, the um, the other game we mentioned when talking about possible Smash characters is Crash. Crash Team Racing. And uh, that was a reveal at the Game Awards is that they're doing an HD remaster of Crash Team Racing. It's are dub- saying they got spoiled. It's dub- yeah, I don't know why they had to send the teasers out. It would have been much better if it was just there. But it's dubbed Nitro Fuel. And what's nice about this remake is that unlike Insane Trilogy or the Spiral Ignited Trilogy, it's not PS4 only at first. It'll actually be on every single platform, including Switch, on June 21st at the same time. And I've got to ask, I have never actually played the original, but everyone seems to be freaking out. So I know you played it. You already talked about how it's going to be the best racer on Switch once it's out. So please enlighten me. What is it about Crash Team Racing that's so good? Like I literally have no idea.
1: I don't know. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head just because it's been so long since I played it, but I do remember playing that game a ton. Like, we pretty much... It was kind of like Diddy Kong Racing. So that was one thing. I know it does have an adventure mode. It has has a pretty cool adventure mode. You fight, you do races. You fight bosses. It it felt like a tougher Diddy Kong Racing. Hmm. And also, I just remember the racing just felt way more balanced. I think this is... Actually, I think that's... I want to say this also borrowed from Diddy Kong Racing where... Oh, that's right. I remember. I remember. Really, it's all I, flooding back to you. Yeah, it had a really cool mechanic where... Like, you know how in Mario Kart you collect coins and 10 is the max? And then that gives you, like, an ever so slightly speed boost. But overall, like, most people never really can tell a difference. And then they're just hitting the fact that they're collecting coins or that yeah. they come out in items. Yeah. So this game has these Wumpa Fruits that you collect that are kind of like the coins. Mm-hmm. But instead of them providing you with a slight speed boost... If you have the max number of Wampa Fruits that you can carry, which they look like apples in case not, you don't know what Wampa Fruits are. Um,
0: I did. No, but thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I let's let's for listeners. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, let's say the max is 10. As long as you're holding 10, if you grab like the boost item, you'll have a better version of the boost item. Or if you have like the. Oh, like so you... item upgrades. Yeah. It's like an item upgrade. So like, say you have like the green shell and you have 10 Wampa Fruits, all of a sudden you have three green shells. Right, it's like that equivalent.
0: Oh, so instead of just getting the different types of items, yeah. So there's like you extra- actually earn the different. types Yeah, of so
1: there's items. like a set based item, but if you're skilled enough and able to keep your wumpa fruits by not getting hit and stuff, you could have a more upgraded item. Mm. So usually those people, you know, it, it's just cool because then you get right. to upgrade it if you're being smart about trying not to crash into everything. Right, crash. right.
0: But I see what you did there.
1: And then, um, if I remember correctly, it also had a. I don't remember exactly how its booth mechanic worked. But it also it was also different from Mario Kart. Like it wasn't like mash left, right, left, right. I don't remember exactly how, but I know it also had like an impact, like boost, in, like an impact boost. Like from jump, it was like trick boost before trick boost were a thing. Oh, okay, yeah, because
0: they showed that in the trailer.
1: So like, yeah, that's the only thing I can kind of remember. Gotcha. I'll have to replay it, but I just remember it felt it felt significantly different from it felt different from Mario Kart enough for it to be its own thing, right? And obviously those mechanics, like the item mechanic, just that is enough to make it feel really right, different. Right, And, and I and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I played enough of the Crash Games to know like all the different characters, like the Komodo Joe, the Komodo Brothers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Panda, and Rippuru, blah blah blah.
0: And and I do get the appeal of the HD remake. Like when they're doing the side by side footage in the trailer, it, oh man, it looked the animations are so much more expressive. The tracks look way more expansive and elaborate. Like it looks good. There's online play now. I get why, like I get why people are like, "Wow, this is so much better than the original. I just didn't know the hook of the original, so that's kind of kind of cool. I mean it, it it seems like it might actually be a good thing to compliment uh, Mario Kart
1: It will because Mario Kart is great, but it's also nice to have like multiple racing games like, I'm still looking forward to Sonic ultimately. yeah, you know who I,
0: you know who I feel bad for Sonic Team Sonic Racing because that game that was supposed to come out now up against Smash Bros like two weeks ago. Really? And that got delayed until May 21st, 2019, which is a month to the day before Crash Team Racing comes out. It cannot catch a break. Like, it, <laughs> it went from being right before Smash to right before Crash. Oh. And that rhymes.
1: Yeah, it's fighting nostalgia with nostalgia. nothing. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the thing is, like, you could tell when they moved it to May, like, oh, we're way clear of Smash. Whew, okay. And then Activision's is like, but you're not clear of us. But, yeah, it's... Think They're going to
1: change their date again?
0: I don't think so I think it actually got delayed because it wasn't up to par up to their expectations but like my my gut feeling though is CTR is gonna overshadow it like Crash Team Racing is gonna do better yeah like it has the nostalgia like you were saying and I mean it's there's enough demand for Crash Team Racing that Activision's actually doing a limited edition version of the game as well as a standard edition the limited edition one basically gives you a bunch of stuff you can unlock over the course of the game on day one that's it it's not that special but it is a different version so can't wait to get this on PS4 for those extra graphics.
1: Yeah, I gotta have all the graphics.
0: All the graphics. I mean, let's just hope for Sonic's sake, though, that people just really like team-based racers enough to buy two in 30 days. I, like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a funny um, kind of funny thing where Crash is stepping on the toes of Sonic or Sonic on the toes of Crash. I don't even know who's stepping on whose toes, but toes are being stepped on. Um, actually, that's not the only toes that are being stepped on. Check out this transition. Um, another toe-stepping that occurred at Game Awards. Um, this one isn't quite as one-to-one as the racers, but Fortnite seems to be encroaching on Minecraft now. um, At least a little bit with this new creative mode they revealed. It is kind of a cool idea. So basically they're taking... You know, you have the island where you can build stuff in in Fortnite. And now they're giving every player a private island where they can do whatever they want in that island. They can structure however they want. They can build wherever they want. They can set the rules however they want. They can create games inside games very much kind of like Minecraft or those sorts of things. Then... You can invite friends over to your private island and play it. And then Epic will also be browsing all these private islands, finding the best ideas, and featuring them on the main island in a rotating area they're calling the block, where they'll rotate in new things that are built every so often oh, and rotate them back out. And it's it's a neat idea. Like, for me personally, I don't think it's going to get me to start playing Fortnite more or again because, um, first of all, I just suck at Fortnite. No. I do. But more of the point... I've come to realize that I just like my games pre made. <laughs> like, I don't want to make things. Every time I buy a game where the ideas go wild to creativity, I just don't. Like, it happened with WarioWare DIY. It happened with Super Mario Maker. Like, I love Mario Maker because I thought the ability to have access to all these crazy levels was really cool. And I love doing the 100 Mario Challenge and all that. But I didn't ever build anything. Happened to me in I Little I... Big Planet. Right. And I never. Wait, I said... you? I thought you built stuff in Little Big Planet.
1: Um, nothing ambitious, really. uh... I mean I built one thing. Um I won't describe it, but I built one thing.
0: You already said the F word once. You might no don't. It's fine. No. <laughs> um yeah, I never got into <laughs> Minecraft I was, don't know if this one's better or worse. It's <laughs> probably worse. I think I never gonna say. Uh but yeah, I don't know I never got into Minecraft either for the same reason. I'm just like, I don't want to create things. I just want to play things that are created. So I don't know like I don't know for me Fortnite having a creative mode, which by the way, calling it Fortnite creative is very uncreative of a name. But I don't know if that's gonna compel me to play it but I get it, like I see the appeal, you have 200 million registered players of Fortnite, which is an actual number they just uh, hit and is almost the entire population of Brazil. That's how big of a number that is. But when you have 200 million people, you gotta keep keep finding new ways to entertain those people, right? And essentially handing the keys of the kingdom to the players in addition to continuing the curated individual seasons on the main island, that kind of seems like the smart way of doing it. You're basically creating infinite content on top of the content you're already creating for them. So, I I, I get it. You know, this is probably why a game like Fortnite is able to walk away with Best Ongoing Game at the Game Awards because they're really good at just constantly going in new directions with it. But, I don't know. It doesn't do much for me. I I guess if you didn't do much with Planet, it's not going to do much for you either, personally.
1: No. I mean, I'll probably play it once in a... once every few months. Just see what's what. Well, I'm... If I play with my cousins or something.
0: Right, right. Well, well, here's a question. Because you deal with, or at least you used to more work with kids who are super into Fortnite and Minecraft and all that. Do you think, I mean, they're obviously playing both, but do you think this will actually pull people off Minecraft? Like, they basically took what makes Minecraft interesting, the customability, is like, well, now you can just do it in the game you're playing anyway. No. Or you think they're different enough that people it, actually keep playing It's still way both? too
1: different. Because Fortnite is still, first and foremost, like a first-person shooter. Like, you're still playing everything in a first-person shooter way. and. True. Although you can like, do
0: stuff like create go-karting and whatnot in the create mode. Create yeah,
1: mode. I mean, that's true, but even so, like, Minecraft is still kind of its own beast. Yeah. Like, you kind of just do whatever you want your leisure in an organic world that you can explore and right. find Tundra,
0: and caves. Right, that's true. It's more leisurely laid back. Yeah,
1: Fortnite is still, it's literally, I guess, what you build, and that's pretty much it. Because yeah. Minecraft, Minecraft has its creative mode, but people still very much love the adventure mode. Right, where you still have to gather your resources and survive the night and build what you want, but with only the resources you have, right. as opposed to just spawning everything, which people do. But, I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to get, like, a one-to-one scale to Taj Mahal in Fortnite as you did in...
0: Yeah, like it might that. be too early to say because it's been out for five days. Yeah, I mean, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I've also seen people build, like, almost a one-to-one replica of a city block in washington, of washington dc right with
0: Capitol and the monument and everything right right i i do think part of it is like i don't know frankly i don't know how much epic necessary is now that i think about it, catering to a different audience or just trying to give those 200 million people they have something different to do and more to do to keep them going like maybe that you know maybe maybe for a few to create outlets all i need to Get into Fortnite, but for a lot of people, I'm sure it's just like, oh, I play Fortnite. Here's this other thing I can do in Fortnite. Like it's a huge audience to cater to, but it's an existing engaged one, maybe more that is moving people over from a different game.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: but it's still really interesting. Like I think it's I think it's really cool that they're actually plucking out things and putting them in the main game as they see them. But we'll see what it turns into. We'll see if someone builds the Taj Mahal or Washington D.C. or the White House or what oh, have man. you.
1: If someone does build the Taj Mahal, that'd be interesting. Because I don't even know what kind of material they have. I th- actually hearing it from you was kind of like my first sight. Like, even really. Oh, yeah, kept up it. with it, yeah. Like I just knew it was a thing, but I didn't really know to what extent it mm-hmm. is. But we'll see. No, I it's, mean, it's big. I it's mean, big. they're or adding they're swords. Adding. I mean, they're slowly. They have planes. Yeah.
0: They have big planes. Do they, they have can, trains. Uh, and automobiles. They no, I don't think they have trains, but they do have automobiles, yeah. buggies. But yeah, those were so. Those were the the big Switch announcements. I mean, there are some other things too. There's Stranger Things 3, the game, which is the most basic thing they could have done for a Stranger Things game. Um, and there's also a game called Sayonara Wild Hearts, which I don't even really know how to describe, honestly. It's, (laughs) it's from a studio called Simogo, who's made a collection of odd kind of cult classic-ish mobile games. And besides looking like Mad World, if it was, I don't know, dipped in pink paint or something, um, The game just has, like, a crazy synopsis. Like, I I just copy and paste it into my notes here, because I I just have to read it in full, because it's like, what? Here's... This was the very first game they showed at the Game Awards. Premiered. And here's its synopsis. Sayonara, Wild Hearts is a euphoric music video dream about being awesome, riding motorcycles, skateboarding, dance battling, shooting lasers, wielding swords, and breaking hearts at 200 miles per hour. What that means in terms of how gameplay works is anyone's guess. But, uh it sounds like it may be a rhythm game in which case i'm very interested especially because the press release says you play the music and i imagine that might get you interested possibly if it's a rhythm game but visually it looks really cool i really like the look of it and it it, it stood out in the sea of other stuff with game works is the only thing that was hot neon pink for about 80 percent of its footage but yeah i don't know it, it's it's if nothing else i mean what what did you i don't even know what to i can't wrap my hair around it did, you have any thoughts of it when you saw it where you like what
1: maybe miss moonbeam
0: city yeah that's what it looks like more than mad world yeah moonbeam city it has that 80s like neon soaked pop electro pop vibe
1: yeah kind of like also kind of reminds me of that other game the something vikings uh
0: oh yeah 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 the one we played Dime for game. the something name something lance of. uh oh wow we covered it this year um interesting game Yes, I know what you're talking about uh, I can find it
1: But yeah, I don't know about what Hearts I feel like I need to see more about it
0: Yeah, I, I kind of want to know what the gameplay is I really hope my theory that it's actually a rhythm game Turns out to be reality Opposed to me just speculating But yeah, because like, I don't I don't know, it's it's hard to put into words I can't remember the name of the game that we um.
1: It had It wasn't an English name for sure It had kind of like a, a pronunciation quirk to it
0: It did it did. I'm looking for it right now. That's why I'm sort of buying time by asking you if you remember it. It was. It was.
1: Uh-huh. I'm still looking. Well, I guess we just have to move on to the next nope. one. No. So, no. Nope. So, Turbolance is on the way to the Switch. According, so, no, I'm still looking for this According guy. to this Nintendo Everything article. So, Turbolance is.
0: You know what's funny about Turbolance and why I put it where I did? So, Lance <laughs> is actually. Um, I can't find it. What do you mean put it where you
1: did? I clearly wanted to talk about it.
0: I mean, well, well, you caught me in my lie, didn't you? No, um, I can't find it, whatever. We know what we're talking about yeah. um no, um the funny thing about turbulence is so we had Cyanar Wild Hearts, which was like the most indie thing at the game awards, maybe, and it' was about motorcycles, and then, two days after the game awards. We had the Kind of Funny game Showcase, which is, you know, the media conglomerate Kind of Funny g- Games. Uh, Greg, what's his name, and all of them do that. And they did a live stream in the same week of the Game Awards to kind of pump up the indie side of the industry. And in the same way that they had reveals at the Game Awards for real games, they used the uh, Showcase to highlight a bunch of indie or smaller games that deserve some attention. And we got news about things like, you know, Super Meat Boy Forever. That's coming to Switch in April. Um, that's now confirmed. Walking Dead episode 3 of the final season will be hitting on January 15th, courtesy of Skybound Games. That's now confirmed. So we got some news like that. Neat. But then we also got Turbo Lance, which is also weirdly an indie game about riding motorcycles. So it just seemed perfect to sort of pair them together. And um, unlike Sayonara, in this game, you're jousting on motorcycles. And that's kind of what caught my eye about it, is, um is you're basically in this top-down arena – different shapes and sizes of arena and up to four people can just like ram into each other on motorcycles and you're kind of duking it out and the game very much fits the like incredibly increasingly common mo of switch indies you know it's multiplayer first it's arena based it's hop in hop out combat but just the premise of it where you're adjusting on motorcycles and the physics that come with that sort of movement just made it stand out a bit to me compared to some of the others we've seen on the system and that's what was kind of cool about the kind of funny game showcase is there are some games we've seen. There are a lot of games in there. Like there are like a dozen announced for Switch. We're not going through all of them, but there's a lot of them that you know are just like, oh yeah, it's a cool looking indie. But then there are some that just like sort of caught our eye a bit more. So Turbulence was one for me. One for you, I think, was at sh- at Sundown. Right? You texted me about that one. Yeah, Shadows at Sundown. Yeah. Is it called Shadows at Sundown? I thought it was just called At Sundown. Maybe it is Shadows at Sundown. Well, either way, that game. What? What? So what? What was it about that one that caught your eye?
1: Um, maybe just the visuals.
0: I mean, it did. I, it does play with light and dark, kind of interestingly. Like that. That's its gimmick. Is it's basically four player hide and seek with guns. Where like, from what I can tell, at least, basically you're like in the. You're avoiding light. You're running around in the dark. It's also top down, but then every time you shoot your gun a burst of light appears but you want to try and get the other people that are in the dark without revealing yourself too much and you're kind of shooting at you and you know what it really looks yeah, like I mean, it's, it's like Nintendo Land's uh, Luigi's Mansion main game but everyone's the same role and that's killing each other
1: yeah I mean when I went I saw it it just looked like another like fun party game that wasn't just another like 2D side
0: like, exactly or like a, 2D arcade
1: yeah. one because I mean like now that we finally have Tower Fall like, we've been playing that a ton with our friends and it's super fun yeah we'll impress that next episode yeah we've been playing like more Ultimate Chicken Horse like we're mm-hmm like we don't need the the hat the hat one yeah i forgot what it was called uh
0: a hat uh uh hats off to you sir that's what it's called yeah
1: but this one i felt just different enough that like all right i'm captivated maybe visually it's very cool yeah so like maybe i should also revisit light fingers now but i mean that one looked interesting just because of that mechanic of Darkness shooting at each other.
0: Right. It's different. Right. And it is online as well as offline, which is kinda nice. Yeah. Not a ton of these are. Like I don't think Turbo Lancers is, for example. But you know what? You know which one got my attention? Um, and this isn't even confirmed for Switch yet. But it just feels perfect for the system. It's different from what we've been discussing, and that is moving out. So again, not actually confirmed for Switch yet. Uh but it's from SMG Studio. They're the guys behind death Squared, which was a huge indie hit on Switch. So I it's bound to come over eventually. But the uh, the premise of it is just so I, – I, I just really love the idea. So this is over, the overcooked of moving furniture. You and a friend team up, co-op, either online or off, to literally haul furniture from point A to point B, which sounds simple enough, but you're weaving through traffic. You're aboard aircraft and hauling furniture off the wing. You're moving across active volcanoes. There are conveyor belts you have to utilize. There are slingshots to launch furniture across gaps. Uh, the furniture itself can be everything from boxes to couches to giant giraffes. And this is all just what I gleaned from a one-minute trailer. And there's that much variety in just that. But but like I said, it's basically the overcooked formula, just applied to a different activity. So what's neat about it is like you're both moving a piece of furniture as one combined unit, which means it looks like you have to communicate as if you're doing overcooked but it stands out from overcooked in that you're not doing your own things you have to be constantly communicating doing the same thing so it's similar enough that if you like overcooked you're probably like this but it looks different enough that we'll be able to stand side by side with overcooked and not feel redundant with just a different theme which is what's kind of nice about it because um, you, know, you have to talk about like what route to take which obstacle to dodge, go this way, go that way And what's also kind of nice is, unlike Death Squared, which was co-op only, multiplayer only, this one is co-op optional. So you could, if you want, just play solo and solve puzzles by yourself. There's both an online, offline, arcade. So it it looks pretty diverse. Like, it looks cool. And it's about as cartoony as Overcooked. Um, It's out sometime in 2019 for consoles and PCs. I'd be shocked, like I said, if it doesn't come to Switch. I mean, frankly... No offense to the guys at SMG, but they'd be dumb not to bring it to Switch. I mean, they they had one of their biggest successes with Death Squared on Switch. And if recently released Black Friday numbers or anything you go by from Nintendo, Switch is killing it again this holiday season. And you all put as many games as you can on the system. Um, Like, obviously... It's no surprise Switch is doing well, and in many ways, what I'm launching into here is just my excuse to share some early Nintendo holiday sales numbers they put out.
2: Wow, but you.
0: but seriously, if you look at the numbers and then run through all the announcements we just discussed from the Game Awards and uh, you know the kind of funny showcase and all that, like, of course Switch had a bigger presence this year. It all makes sense. I mean, according to Nintendo, during the five day period of Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday, they brought in more sales of Switch than any Nintendo system has historically seen in that five-day period, ever. More than the Wii in its heyday, more than anything. is the single best five days Nintendo's ever experienced for a single system. And it was also the single biggest sales week for Switch ever, period, including launch week. Like, Switch was killing it. According to Adobe, who, when they're not doing Photoshop, apparently runs an analytics arm, they uh, said that Switch was one of the top five most purchased items of any category online during the long Thanksgiving weekend across every industry. It wasn't just in gaming, it wasn't just in toys, it wasn't just in electronics. Anything anyone bought, Switch was one of the top five. And that's kind of wild. Like To give you a little perspective, this is courtesy of Nintendo stats now, it means that Switch hardware sold 117% more this five-day holiday window than it did last year. And as a year, they had Mario Odyssey, that's Platoon, they had Zelda still re- relatively new for a lot of people. Like here in the US alone, Nintendo's saying that Switch sales are now at over 8.2 million units. And naturally software is doing super well too as a result. Unsurprisingly, a lot of that came from Pokemon Let's Go, which at the time was still pretty new. Between Eevee and Pikachu versions, 1.5 million copies were sold in just the US in 12 days, which is, you know, not the best Pokemon numbers ever, but really strong. And Adobe, again, listed it as one of the top-selling products of Black Friday, regardless of category. It was only bested, Pokemon Let's Go, by new laptops and LOL Surprise and Fingerling toys. And I don't even know what either of those are. Do you know yeah. what either of those are? I've never heard of either of those. Fingerlings? Or LOL Surprise. Um, I do. Would you? What? What? I literally don't know what those are. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I regularly tune
1: in on Cartoon Network and those shows. And so I get to see all the right, all the, the current toy commercials.
0: So, so what... What's the surprise that makes you lol?
1: Um, not too much. I mean, they're just, like, it's a... They're actually
0: Hatchables from a couple of years ago.
1: Basically the same thing, except they're accessories for, like, phones and...
0: And Fingerlings are finger puppets? They're creatures that hug your finger. Why are those outselling Pokemon? Actually, that makes sense. That
1: they so you could have, like, a little dinosaur that grabs your finger and right. it just kind of roars, or you have a little monkey, or...
0: That's silly. Just saying it, That's silly but yeah so those and laptops outsell Pokemon Go uh, Let's Go on Black Friday but nothing else did so that shows you the strength of Pokemon and it's not just Pokemon there's also Super Mario Party which in large part probably thanks to those new Joy-Con bundles which are sold out basically everywhere has already sold over a million units in the US alone is now the fifth fastest selling game to do so on Switch it's joining royalty like Odyssey and Breath of the Wild and Splatoon and Mario Kart
2: Hmm.
0: so yeah in all just give me an idea of the number to talk about. Switch sold in just the five days from Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday over 1 million first party games. That's up 78% compared to a year ago. And in case you're wondering, the classic systems are still holding their own in the corner. Like here in just the US, the Super Nintendo Classic, over 2.5 million sold since it came out. The NES Classic, over 2 million sold since it came out. And according to MPD, in 2018, one out of every five systems sold throughout the year was a retro system, the majority of which were obviously Nintendo, because there was really no one else until. Classic this month, so yeah, Nintendo's doing pretty well, but again, the the big story here, in my opinion, is Switch because now with Smash, things are really showing those signs slowing down. You know, we're seeing stories like how on launch day, Smash Bros. Ultimate was already Amazon's best selling video game in all of 2018. By launch day, more than Red Dead Redemption, more than everything, or how, but that's only Amazon to be fair. Or, or here's another one and this is real there's a pizza place in in uh, up in Canada they're offering a delivery deal of a large pizza two large sodas and a copy of Smash Bros on launch night for 100 bucks. again this is real we link to the story in the episode's blog post if you don't believe me but I mean like debatably you could say maybe it's a rip off 100 bucks for a pizza and a smash but I don't know the conversion currency conversion so maybe it's, like it's not
1: pizza, soda,
0: and the copy of the game for 100 <laughs> That seems like you're getting charged a little, about $10 too much. Oh, did it? Well, that makes it more fair. But either way, how often do you see a pizza place randomly be like, we'll bring you a video game with your pizza? Like, that's how big Nintendo's holiday is. That's how big Smash is right now. It's crazy. And I'm not trying to say that, like, Nintendo's for sure hitting their 20 million Switch goal or whatever. I'm just saying they're having a good holiday. They're doing well. And to use my favorite analogy, it's like when your favorite sports team is at the top of their division or whatever. Or in this case, on a winning streak in the playoffs. I just can't help feel excited to see that, like the same Nintendo who a few years ago was all doom and gloom, is now pulling all these sorts of sales records and getting mom and pop pizza shops to deliver games for them, and like it's it's a cool 180. And what's particularly nice is that spilling over to all the third party success too. You know, like Warframe already been downloaded over a million times on Switch. Nuts. Uh And like I was saying at the top here, um, we had such an eventful game awards and kind of funny game showcase where there were so many Switch announcements because of the success it's why games we're not seeing on nintendo systems stuff like *Mortal Kombat* suddenly showing up or it was announced like grid autosport from codemasters being ported to switch you know they're now suddenly coming to switch when that would not be that normal on a nintendo system in the past so when switch does well all of us benefit and that's primarily why i'm sharing is it's just like wow look at that it's, it's really cool to see of course the flip side of that coin is we also get some really weird stuff when Switch does well or when we does well and um, maybe it's stuff we don't necessarily want and I feel like you and I Angel have gotten in this little we developed a new pastime of texting each other back and forth these strangest Switch games that we can find so since we do yeah we, we sort of have time so since we have the time and since we're talking about how everything is coming to Switch I feel like it only makes sense to share a few of our yeah. uh, dear a few of our favorite list uh listings with our dear listeners.
1: Yeah, this one I saw like a little while back. Yeah, and then, you for- started and then, this- and then forgot about it and then it came back again on the top of my feed. Yeah. It's called Nippon Marathon. Yep. It's it's strange. It's like a like a Japanese game show. Maybe it is based on a Japanese game show. I don't know. But you pretty much have like <laughs> the way you say, I don't know. Why are you asking why are you interrogating me? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Let's find out. Um you pretty much have like adults dressed in Bizarre costumes, like in a giant lobster suit. They're basically giant
0: onesies that include hoods.
1: Yeah. yeah, And they're just, like, running a marathon. As like, you do. Like, across... But there's, like, obstacles. Like, you're running through, like, cities. You're running through, like... Well, sometimes it's, like, a normal track. But most of the time, you're just running in random places. Dressed in a way that you shouldn't be dressed while running a marathon.
0: I don't know. It's, the best part is it's photorealistic graphics.
1: Yeah, it's... And the ragdoll the, physics. The visual style just... Looks weird. Everything about the game just looks <laughs> super <odd>. weird. <laughs> it looks like an adult swim game.
0: But like if adult swim like if like you know the like drugged out level of adult swim's aesthetic. Like imagine if someone like double dosed them and then this It, lo- came it out looks of it.
1: like it came from the people that brought you Xavier Renegade Angel.
0: Yeah, it does kind of swim. Yeah. But it um yeah, I just love that it one, it's weirdly faux-realistic and two the ragdoll physics so part of the idea of it is from what I've seen looking at some footage and stuff is similar to like gang beasts as a fighting game it's about like how wacky of wipeouts and pratfalls and whatnot can you have while you run through this and it looks more ridiculous because it's for you know it everyone looks somewhat real the environments look real but then you got like fruit hurled at you or like there's a giant crawfish or there's gonna be earthquakes that you have to try and navigate while you're running and stuff and it's just this ridiculous over the top concept and here's the best part guys it's out next week so you can all experience the absurdity of this in like actually probably this week i don't know what what's today's date it might be out this week yeah it's it's either out this week or next it's out soon so you can experience all this before the end of the year you can end your 2018 dressed in a giant pink onesie slapping someone in the face with a fish as you run through photorealistic japan Hmm. which i can't think of a better way to end my year but, yeah. So that's that's um, that's um, one that I think, yeah, we both definitely found amusing. There's another one that kind of caught our eye for a different reason, which is, uh, I guess this is one I sort of brought up more than you, but YouTuber's Life OMG Edition, which yeah. uh, besides the superfluous OMG in the title, um, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a gamey take on becoming a YouTuber. So you get to start doing streams. You build fight. a channel. You move on to being a legit celebrity, all from the comfort of your couch or desk, which is pretty much how becoming a real YouTube celebrity works. So... Keep in mind, we're not saying that it's easy. We're just saying that you do
1: it from the comfort of your couch or desk.
0: Yeah, and it's like the exact same process, except not virtual. Well, it is virtual. It's just not (laughs) digital. No, it is digital. It's just not fake. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, and and to be fair, the game's got some variety. Like, they actually put some effort into this. Your channel could be about video games. It could be about music. It could be about cooking. Um, All three lead you down three different paths to, later in the game, cook... Throw concerts or play a game inside your game, I guess. But the the thing that throws me in a loop is this is a simulator of a thing you can do in the in the same place in a similar amount of time with actual real world results. But instead, you're doing it like I mean, I, I get it. it. You can't guarantee that you'll become a runaway success on YouTube, but you certainly can in YouTuber life, Omg edition. But like, I mean, we can't all be I I get that, but. If you're into that YouTube culture, why not just, like, be on YouTube? I mean, especially if you want to be a Nintendo streamer, because that's now easier than ever. Um, Nintendo just listed, li- listed lifted their creator program restrictions, which is convenient because it's right as we start getting into live streaming. But the uh, original program was a bit silly, and I required you to sign up with Nintendo, give them a percentage of your ad revenue if you featured their 70, games 30? in your video. Uh, no, I think it's like 6040 or something. Yikes. But you were close. I see what you did there, that epic game callback. Anyway, um, the idea was it was better for the streamer and Nintendo if you split the revenue than Nintendo's previous policy of just full-on claiming all the ad revenue out from under the streamer, which was horrible. But it was still met with blowback. Um, Nintendo was approving entire channels opposed to individual videos, meaning that if you made a channel, either it had to be only about Nintendo or you had to give up revenue for videos that weren't Nintendo-related to Nintendo. So that made no sense. So they've they canned that. They ended it entirely. Now, as long as you have original content on top of the gameplay, commentary, whatever, um, you're good. And that's really how it should be. That's how most publishers do it. So that's fine and dandy. But back to YouTuber life... Um, I guess if this was aimed strictly at kids, it makes a certain amount of sense. Like, most parents probably don't want little Timmy, who, you know, we mentioned enough on the show here that he's basically a YouTube celebrity at this point, but they probably don't want little Timmy to go make videos at age six or seven because he's a little too young. Yeah. For the internet. But, so maybe in a way, maybe in a way I get what YouTubers' life is all about. Maybe it's not so strange because it's replacing a real world... To protect
1: the kids from the... Yeah. Internet. So,
0: so maybe the thing that's weird about it to me is maybe it's strange because it's a deeper, like, reflection of our society maybe like, you know, it's reflecting how we no longer just idolize celebrity but now anyone who has this innate ability to be charismatic on camera, regardless of any deeper talent, a sense of right or wrong, any moral compass you know, with any, whether or not they have any worth they can bring to the culture maybe, maybe we shouldn't just glamorize all of them, maybe we don't need the Jake Pauls and Logan Pauls, and maybe a game like this is encouraging that, and maybe that's bad and these are just things to think about when you're not thinking about running through Japan in a onesie I'm just putting it out there. But that might have gotten a bit too real. So, um, Angel, why don't you give us our third quote-unquote game coming to Switch that we wanted to highlight. This is one you also showed me. Yeah,
1: this one is my favorite because it's just odd, but I also kind of get like a, I don't know, kind of like a nice like, little feeling like, oh, I guess this is kind of neat. So it's essentially a Santa Tracker.
0: It's literally called Santa Tracker. I'm, I'm sure there's something like this on iOS, but fun fact, it's actually ported from Android directly. So I guarantee there's something like this at least on the other mobile. Yeah,
1: platform. yeah, like I, I, I thought, yeah, I'm sure there was something of it on mobile or that this existed in some form. But essentially, it just quote unquote tracks Santa's movement as he preps for Christmas Eve, gets his deliveries, and is actually making his way across the world. So that a kid, in theory, can like just watch and be like, "Oh, he's he's like in our state. He's in. Oh, he just flew by us. I didn't even notice. That's Where's
0: my I, gift? It's still not here." Yeah. Now, now to be fair, kids can do that for free right now. Well, come Christmas with Google Maps, Netflix, a bunch, NoRad, mm-hmm. a bunch of people offer it. But what this gets you, and by the way, it's already out now. So if you like what you hear, just head to the eShop and download it for three dollars. You get not just the tracker, but A Christmas countdown uh, screen. A Santa blog. And a separate section called News and Letters, which I don't know how it's different from the Santa blog. Oh, and, Mm. and, and, and sightings of Santa. Which, I don't know what that is, but I really hope it's just bad photoshops of Santa around the world. That they just slowly trickle out to you. Like, I just want, like, Santa in, like, sunglasses in Hawaii kicking back. And then a minute later, it transitions to him in, like,
2: Ontario.
0: (laughs) And then it's your backyard. And then he's in the room, and he's over your shoulder, and it's a live feed they could have done that with the Wii U's camera on the gamepad mm, cool. but yeah I don't really like entirely understand what most of this is for but the tracking idea is kind of yeah so if you want to spend three bucks you can do it on Switch the app exists in its entirety on Android um, yeah I guess the real takeaway is it's not really just a blur release on Switch it's a blur release on any hundred thousands of devices that run Android millions even but conceptually is kind of cool, but you could also yeah, do it I, without paying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like the concept. Yeah, the concept's cool. It's nice for little kids. Should be free and maybe offer, like, a some monetization in it in some way? Like,
0: maybe you have to pay per Santa blog post instead. Maybe. I don't know what these posts uh, are. I, I almost want to download this just to see what is a Santa blog post, how is it different from news, and what are these pictures of Santa. Should. should we do it? Should we do it for next episode?
1: Yeah, you should totally do it. Okay,
0: we're going to do it. We're, I'm going to download Santa Tracker, everyone, and we'll report back next episode. <laughs> Um, Do
1: track it on Christmas Day Especially since you won't have anything going on Well
0: it depends on when we get back from Vegas We'll be in Vegas at, on Christmas Eve
1: Yeah but we're getting back on the t- like Before people would have Christmas dinner
0: Okay so that's my assignment everyone Come December 24th And I'll remind you in our next episode You will definitely want to tune in to the JSR 7 Twitter account Because I will be live tweeting The Santa Tracker app for the Nintendo Switch Because there's no better way for Jew to celebrate Christmas than to track a fictional man through an app that really has no idea where he is because he's not real. But I'll let you know what the blog posts are. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Um, Yeah, so stay tuned for that. But first, before we do that, you know what's kind of funny? We've talked so much about all this stuff coming to Switch. Like, there's a lot coming to Switch. This is like a winter E3 almost. There's a lot. But, you know, the the, the ridiculous of the last couple things, the cool stuff before that, but there were two very heavily rumored games that ended up being nowhere to be found at all these past couple weeks. One was a remake of Skyward Sword, and the other was, well, anything Metroid-related. So Skyward Sword is interesting because we kind of knew it wasn't going to happen going into the Game Awards, even though it was originally rumored to be there. So basically, at a Zelda orchestra performance in Osaka, the series head, Eiji Aonuma, uh, he made some comments along the lines of, I know what you're thinking. Skyward Sword on Switch, right? Like, I of nowhere." He said that at the end of the concert. People clapped and pl- applauded. It snowballed into this idea that, oh, it's going to pop up at the Game Awards. And then Nintendo smacked it down as like, no, it's not. So, I, I don't know. Like, first of all, I'm... I'm kind of into the idea. Even if it wasn't at the Game Awards, I'm kind of into the idea of the Skyward Sword HD remake. Like, let the groups be loose on Switch. Sure, why not? Like, even if Enuma was just kidding, it could legitimately be kind of cool. Like, for all the flack the game gets from that vocal minority that hates the motion controls, I admit, I'm sort of on of them. Um, I like the structure. It's different. It's a little more streamlined. The whole idea of flowing islands in the sky that you fly to, that's kind of cool. And, like, sort of flipping Wind Waker on its head. Like, I think if it were to come to Switch, I don't know, like, they, they'd have to take a lot into consideration. Um, namely the motion controls, right?
1: I never minded them. But, but I
0: mean, but like obviously they can one to one them with a Joy-Con. Yeah. Like the mo- the Joy-Con is basically the motion plus. But I don't know how does will Nintendo require them if they were do with handheld mode? Like how does that even work? It's the gyro, I guess. I get because like there are some games on Switch that force you not to use handheld mode. You know Mario Party One 2 Switch, but those are I don't all know if it would work
1: games. because a lot of the a lot of the combat was very precision based like yeah. there were a lot of enemies that you had to strike specifically horizontally or vertically just so you could like you know hit the right head and there was something that you actually had to stab things and then twist it
0: right so, and never, never mind the whole um.
1: So that would either called. be a lot of button combos you would have to press in order to like
0: get those motions without motion you'd also have to figure out the dowsing mechanic you know the thing where it goes in the first person to use it to oh, find I, treasure. I feel like
1: that you could just do with just by holding but the switch and just like just spinning seems, it around. Yeah,
0: but what if you don't? What well, if you're on a bus? You doing it with a stick doesn't seem fun. Even tough because well, I mean, like even Pokemon Let's Go has a way to let you use like flick the stick and press A if you can't. Then you just walk
1: work. with the one stick and you aim with the other one. I guess right.
0: that just seems so boring. Like it. Well, part of the appeal was the. Well, yeah. then
1: don't complain then. If you want to, you can have both. Well, no, no, I'm not saying I want both. What well, I'm, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying is, yeah, no, I'm saying
0: if they were to bring it to Switch, I don't know how that would work, but.
1: Well, like that they would cut it if you're don't want to use it
0: or or maybe or maybe they do like a wind waker hd style remake where it's not just resing, but they also do some quality of life changes and they tweak some gameplay and whatnot and maybe that's one of the things that they're like oh here's a alternate method for doing dowsing where you don't actually go into first <laughs> person we just you just have like a kind of like the coroxy tracker in breath of the wild they can mirror mirror that to do a similar effect
1: and here is a mute button for your partner Oh, yeah,
0: for feet. Mm, Yeah, Yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, where's where's Skyward Sword even, like, stand in your pantheon of Zelda games? Like, would you double-dip if it were to come to Switch? Is it that good of a game to you? Because for me... I didn't even double-dip on Twilight Princess. Yeah, neither did I. Um, But that's because it was a straight-up HD make. Like, Wind Waker actually changed things. It was different. It had Miiverse. It had... They cleaned Mm. up the Triforce Quest. They added some stuff. They removed some stuff. I feel
1: like they made some parts worse. I like the Triforce Quest how it was before, but... I don't know. I mean, they just made it look prettier, but yeah. the Meverse didn't really add much It didn't to add my... much,
0: but I mean, they like they changed things. Twilight was, I think, one basically a one-to-one copy.
1: I mean, the stuff they changed was minor. I mean, I feel like they changed as much as they did for Ocarina of Time or Majora's Math. Yeah, Mask. yeah. I mean, this one would just be just an HD. I'm sure they'll change some things, but
0: I wouldn't double-dip, though. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, I don't know, because I didn't mind the motion controls. Sometimes it felt like I just wanted to press it. Like, that, I was seeing motion control fatigue at that point in the Wii's life, where I just like, guys, press a button. And because
1: I don't know, I, I like motion controls. So I, I, don't know, I enjoy it. I them. do
0: by like lying on the couch or laying on the couch when uh, playing a game, and that's hard when you have to be motion. I want to be at maximum laziness, and it's hard when the game's like, no, waggle. Well, it wasn't even waggle. It was very precise. That's the problem. If it was waggle, I could do that lying down. But it was I like, think no, you, you need the a...
1: right demographic for the game.
0: Apparently, I'm just too much of a slob for Nintendo. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, depending on what this turns into, it could be interesting if it, if Anumo is doing anything more than joking. But Skyward Sword specifically aside, what I did find kind of interesting is that buried in Eurogamer's story with Nintendo denying the report was a blurb um, that. Eurogamer has heard Nintendo wants to start doing yearly Zelda games on Switch, which, like, not necessarily something on the scale of Breath of the Wild, but you know, that's too much. Something to appeal to, yeah, that's kind of my concern because they basically, I think Nintendo's attitude is, there's all these people that bought Breath of the Wild, so why not keep feeding them new Zelda? You know, maybe a remake of Skyward Sword, or maybe a new Four Swords, or here's one that I actually think would be a good idea: an HD sequel or remake of Triforce Heroes, because that is perfect for the Switch. I mean, so is Skyward Swords, but Triforce Heroes already has an easy to port over look. But um, yeah, like is 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 that much Zelda bad? Are they gonna mario Mariofy Zelda too much? Like, I think part of what makes Zelda special is it literally is a special event when a new one comes out, and that's already been watered down. Even the spinoffs. Yeah, but like even those are few and far between. Yeah, exactly. But but that's been watered down because they do all these HD remakes now and whatnot. Like, are we? Is it are they gonna maddenize Zelda? Because I mean, Breath of the Wild did the best of any Zelda in Japan. It did super well in the. Obviously, it's doing super well in the US and the rest of the world. I hope Nintendo's not getting a little too like greedy here. Hmm. Like I already have an answer. It's just kind of thinking out loud. No, uh-huh. I hope not. Yeah, it would. It would be. Yeah, and I mean, to your game's credit, they are pretty reliable about this stuff. They got the form factor of the Switch correct before it came out. And even though they didn't quite nail their prediction of Pokemon Stars being an HD Pokemon Sun and Moon 3rd version, everything they reported about Pokemon Stars ended up being what became Pokemon Let's Go. So they were kind of right about that. They just got the wrong like memo of how that's all coming together. So it seems like it's a possibility, but I, I don't really know. The other MIA game, or franchise really, from these last couple weeks was Metroid. Going into the Game Awards... There was a lot of rumors gaining momentum that we were going to see the first footage of Metroid Prime 4 or at least receive confirmation of Metroid Prime Trilogy uh, being part of Switch, which would mean hypothetically that Metroid Prime 3 corruption would have button controls instead of just motion controls. And, you know, it it's set up perfectly. Nintendo could have even mirrored their Bayonetta 1-2 punch of last year by doing Trilogy for, say, February with a promise of Prime 4 sometime thereafter. And all these quote-unquote insiders seemed to believe this was what was going to happen and it didn't (laughs) like there was just no Metroid which is fine but it does make it did lead us to have a conversation when the rumors were still at their peak that I thought would be worth mentioning here which is you know the fact that Metroid Prime 4 was announced over a year and a half ago now and we've seen nothing of or the fact that Bayonetta 3 was announced a year ago at the Game Awards and we've still got nothing is Nintendo starting to jump the gun a bit with these announcements like are they announcing things too far in advance now where emphatic yes what makes you say that
1: the fact that we still don't know anything about them the fact that we have nothing to go on that it just feels like a waste of an announcement
0: yeah like I I get it from a business perspective no I mean obviously yeah yeah I mean like put all the names out there early get them enticing people to buy switch early on yeah but I mean I don't care about that I'm the consumer What's funny is, like, a year ago when they were doing all this, I was praising Nintendo. I remember after Game Awards last year, I'm like, oh, it's so clever. They have this super lockdown strategy of they do a bunch of information on games in the near future, and then they throw a Hail Mary for, like, a far-off game just to get the hype going. But what I didn't expect is then it would be, like, a 18 months and we still haven't seen that game. Like, it's weird. They did it again with Animal Crossing. They announced Isabelle for Smash, and they're like, Animal Crossing 2019. So that I know that are excited for that are excited about it, the prospect of a
1: Metroid Prime 4 weren't even hyped about the initial announcement because they didn't know anything. Yeah, there was nothing to know. It was just a logo. Yeah. It's like we knew at some point or we felt like a Metroid Prime 4 in the future is kind of a given. It's kind of like when, I forgot who reported it but they're like oh, they're working on a new Zelda game. It's like, okay. It's like, what else is new? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like we know you guys are working on something just announce it once you have something to show. Don't and, you. like,
0: imagine how much better. Let's say Metro Prime like 4. Like, there was never
1: any hype to build for the future. Like, if anything, it's right. maybe died down even more now.
0: I and ima- let's say Metro Prime 4 was at the Game Awards. And let's say we didn't know it was in development. Could you imagine the, like... Yeah, It would be, be a mean. brief roller coaster of emotion, but how great that, that would have been. been like, better. Now it's yeah. just kind of like... Uh, it's like, oh, there it is.
1: Yeah, it's literally yeah. just
0: going to be like, all oh, right, just give it to me already. Or
1: it's not going to be the same as... Which, again, I understand
0: of. why they do it for marketing reasons. But, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if you took the energy that came out of the Joker reveal for Smash and did it for, like, Metroid Prime 4 out of nowhere, people would have lost their minds. Like, it would have been amazing. Especially but.
1: after the yeah Metroid Prime
0: Alliance, or I forgot what that was. Uh, Federation Force. Federation I like I Federation Force. But, to, you know, to kind of go back to this. that was a bad game. It just came out at a bad time. It did. It did. Um, but to go back to, like, the sports team analogy I was using earlier. It's like, right now what they're doing is, so they announce Metro and then they have it later. It's kind of like your favorite team's doing really well and they're having a, and they're on a winning streak. So it's like, oh yeah, cool, they won, I'm happy, but like, they've done that eight times in a row. Like, there's no drama, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it keeps happening. Versus what if it was a comeback win? So like, something out of nowhere turns into something substantial, like that's what Metro Prime 4 could have been. Man. But alas, alas. But speaking of winning, um, we've got one more thing before we go, we're almost done with the episode, but we have our eShop gift card giveaway winner to announce. In celebration of our 7th anniversary last episode, we asked you guys to tell us what you're most excited to play as or who you're most excited to play as in Smash Ultimate. And, man, you guys gave diverse answers, like more than I expected. Uh, first off, thanks to everyone who entered, I think this ended up being one of our biggest contests or bigger contests we've had. And I'm happy to report that personal favorite of mine, Piranha Plant, he came in first place. Most wow. The majority of... Well, not the majority, but the largest individual character was him but surprisingly right behind him were the Belmonts which I guess um, it goes to show that even though you and I were kind of male in their existence it is like a lot of people weren't and they are kind of a big deal I guess that's kind of cool to see and um, then you got Ridley and Isabel tied in third and some others that got shouted out were newcomers like Dark Samus, Inkling, Kid K. Rule. someone even got in Joker from Persona 5 right under the deadline of our contest since it lined up just right um, and there are surprisingly a lot of classic characters called out too Mario got three mentions, which kind of surprises me. Snake got, like, four. Ice Climbers, Toon Link, Kirby, they all got shout out. So um, thank you again to everyone for sharing your picks and entering. But last, it going to be one actual winner. So we threw all the names into a hat, by which I mean I went to a random number generator, and out popped comment number 23, which is Michael—I hope I'm saying your name right—Montleon. And uh, he posted that he's excited to play as Simon Belmont, and I quote, to wash away that cast me a judgment aftertaste. So, congrats, Michael. Uh, hopefully Simon's already done that for you in Smash, and if not, maybe a $50 eShop card will do the trick. So keep your keep an eye on your email in the coming days for your digital code. We'll get that out to you right away. Thanks again to everyone who entered. We'll try to do giveaways every so often, so make sure to keep following us at Rand Nintendo on Twitter. Or subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. We're on you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. There's our YouTube channel, RamNintendo.com. You can find us there or whatever app you use. Um, that's also going to all come in handy for our next episode, which arrives back on our usual Sunday time slot, assuming I don't get deathly ill a second time, which will be December 23rd. And it should be a good one. We'll be rounding out some of our indie game, uh, indie in, game, impressions of indie games that we haven't had a chance to talk about from throughout the year that we missed for one reason or another. We'll be picking our Game of the Year picks. And hopefully, maybe, possibly, we'll be taking Pokemon Go's new battle mode for a spin, assuming it's out by then. So, Niantic, that's on you to help us. But either way, we'll, of course, have any thoughts on news that drops between now and then. There's a Sonic trailer out there that we're probably going to be talking about, or a Sonic are movie teas that we're, we're going to be talking about. Um, so in the meantime, you can keep keep up with our individual smash shenanigans on Twitter, I am JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-R-O underscore O. And yeah, that does it. We will be back on December 23rd, and I'll give you the final word. Okay, it's not a word, but it works.